and I'm just like, if you if you keep moving, I'm just, I'm gonna rip your knee off, boy. You hear me? And he's just, uh, uh, he's getting all double, and so I pop him in the neck, right? And then he, so he's got this bump here before I hit him, and I pop right, I pop that spot in the neck, and he starts seizing. I'm like, fuck, I did not do that. So I pre-call nine one one, and I'm like, hey, you're about to get a call, and it wasn't me. <laughs> Thank you. This has been Miles Potter improvising on the Mr. Rothod's neighborhood. Have a good day. Mr. Rothod's neighborhood. It's Mr. Rothod's neighborhood. He wants you to meet his friends. It's Mr. Rothod's neighborhood. Have a ball now, y'all. It's Mr. Rothod's neighborhood. Just might learn something. It's Mr. Rothod's neighborhood. It's uh it is different. There's uh like a, there's like a disconnected feeling, yeah. I think, when you're talking yeah. with these headphones in. Like it's it's I'm used to like hearing myself instead of like this this playing myself to me. If that's what's happening. Yeah, let's do science. Let's actually talk about some science stuff. Yeah, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. Why? I mean, I have a physics degree, which I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I have a physics degree, which I do not. Yes. Well, you know, we all kind of have a physics yeah, degree, yeah. which we do We've not. We've lived in the world. You have a physics degree. So why does it sound like so many? Yeah, you know, people will say like they hate hearing the sound of their own voice. But are you, what are you not, what are you hearing when you're just speaking out in life? Uh-huh. And then what are you hearing when you're talking and then re-listening to yourself on yeah. a recording, like what's happening? Well, I mean, with the sound waves that you're hearing in um, normal life, yeah, there. I mean, there's all this other things, and you're maybe hearing it differently or like more accurately. Where like in films and stuff, when they have like get sound, it maybe not as good of quality. So you're hearing like what you're sounding like through all this sound equipment. Um, so it's not exactly maybe what you sound like or what you hear. And if you're just talking and you're like hearing yourself in the in the world, it's you're used to that from your entire life. Where hearing yourself maybe through a different medium, you're not exactly used to. So we're maybe we're actually hearing someone. Yeah. So when we're listening to a recording of ourselves through something else, you're actually almost hearing someone else. You're not hearing yeah. yourself. That's fucked up. That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. There is like you know when I re-listen to these podcast episodes or when I re-listen to like you have a good voice by the way for it. Well, I don't know if that's been built, but or if you've always had it. This is all an act. I know that's the fear. He actually. put on a voice <laughs> right before we started this. He's he sounds super different. As soon that's as I, he good. didn't even tell me he was about to record, he started recording, <laughs> and then I'm like, his voice is different. <laughs> there is, I think, there definitely. Well, one, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Of course, I think part of it, maybe you know, I don't know if it's like from a f- wanting to like just giving a lot of presentations and teaching. And I think that there's a voice that comes with that. I don't know what it is, but I think it definitely like some of that I think happens for sure. Just like, but I think it's like how I speak. And I think it's actually started to go like trickled into my life a little bit. Some of that, like the performancey type voice has maybe gone into how I speak in normal life. And it's actually, and then they just kind of blend and become sort of the same thing. Does that worry you? Do you think that's bad? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think that, yeah, no. All right, cool. Good. Yeah, if okay. you slowly become more of just a naturally performative voice, I don't think that's bad. Yeah, no. The I don't want to. Sometimes when I meet people, who always are like in bits and stuff. Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like a comedy thing. Those but, people are annoying. But yeah, 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 yeah,
shit. No, yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I think it's just helped me, like... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. It is weird, though, because sometimes, like, I remember I was at a... Uh, I was on, I was grabbing drinks with this girl, and she was like, uh, and I've known her for quite a while, and we've had a sort of a, a history of on and off sort of thing, and okay. she was like, I really enjoy our conversations, but I don't know, like, if, is it, like, are we doing a podcast? Like, is this, be, like, are you talking to me like I'm a podcast? Are you talking to me like I'm a person? I was like, is that, is that bad? If it's- I don't, but I don't know, and it's like, I think I just... They're kind of the same thing to me. I mean, and I, wouldn't that be? I guess I would take that as a compliment if some like someone's treating me like I'm their podcast in real life. Like they're trying to like get to know me and like get deeper. Maybe you like, are the sun and the moon and the stars yeah, and a yeah. good guest on my podcast. Yeah, he's throwing me poems and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a good a good problem to me. I think my only worry would be like, are you recording us right now? If not, then great. I think people. If should. so, then you know I got to sign something. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's. I think it just has shifted, like, I think genuinely what's happened is I've sort of shifted in how I converse with people a little bit, and I think, like, um, before I even started this, it was just, like, the birth of this was listening to podcasts and then going to bars and just having, like, what seemed to be different types of conversation with friends, just a little bit more in depth, a little bit more in, I don't know what it was, it's just the the desire to dive deeper, and then that sort of trickled into, like, doing this, and then it's kind of the same with the voice thing of, like, or the way that I... Yeah, present myself like. I mean, I imagine with how much we just talked about this, how much improv you were doing. That's kind of the muscle you're building of like you have to look at someone and get deeper and make something more. And like if someone gives you nothing, you have to get a little more, give a little more. Yeah. Um. So that's building that muscle. Doing this podcast is building that muscle. Yeah. So I imagine just in your real life, if that muscle is stronger, of your ability to get into a deeper conversation with people and swim instead of just like I don't know, die when you're you don't know what to do in that that depth of conversation. Yeah. Miles Potter, everyone. Doctor, physician, phys- physicist? What did you mean? Phys- physicist. Yeah. Miles Potter. Yeah. Also, Dr. M. Potter on the internet somewhere, so kind Dr. of doctor. Dr. M. Potter. I don't think I make it clear on there that I'm not a doctor, but it hasn't been a problem yet. I don't know, like, like you know, I have a certification online that I'm a pharmacist, right? Yes. But, like, I feel like I could add a few extra letters to my email, and until, like... Like at the end of my name when I send emails, I feel like I yeah. could add extra stuff and people wouldn't really know if it was true or not. Yeah. Do you have extra letters or like, can you, what do you, with what, with the certification or yeah, so, schooling uh, you have? Yeah. What? So uh, I have a doctor of pharmacy, so it's a farm D. Okay. And then I can get all sorts of other certifications. I, be- I can become board certified um, in, which just means you fucking study to take a test and then you, you pay money to take that test. And then you pat, if you pass that test, which I tried and I did not pass that test, you get extra letters at the end of your name. And then you have to do more cert, cert continuing education every two years. Oh yeah. But it shows that you put forth. Effort yeah. To and what, what extra knowledge does that test give you? For I your don't job? know, bro. It just gives you a little bit more money. I mean, the test is like <laughs> it's hard. Not even about knowledge. No, I mean, you have to like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you need to know things to take the test, but I mean, I studied all summer to do it, but also the type of questions they ask, um, was a little outside of the field that I was working in. So studying for like, even though it was like stuff that I'd done in pharmacy school, but it was like next level yeah. shit. It was like, just, it was hard. Um, yeah. and you know, lots of people have passed it, but like, I think had I worked in a, I don't work in a hospital, had I worked in a hospital setting, um, oh. it seemed like those questions were kind of geared towards that. And so I just spent a whole summer studying and like studying, studying, studying. Maybe I was inefficient in my studying. Maybe it was my fault, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, it's not like you gain any new information by taking the test and getting the cert- certification. It sort of proves that you maybe have some of that information or okay. proves that you can study 
like for for the yeah. exam and then then you have that certification forever as long as you renew yeah. it and i think that looks good on a resume but it's like yeah it's yeah. i don't know it's i don't know if this is the same deal but that just reminded me of a test that my grandfather had to take um my grandfather was the owner of a mobile home park and or he was a like what a, a mobile home park a mobile home um a trailer park more classically called sure. a mobile home village um he to like do to like work on the plumbing or foundation or like something that they needed to work on someone that was in management needed to ha- pass some test like so that the the company has a certification so my grandpa's like i guess i'll study for it and i remember hearing him get so upset that like certain questions were like in what year did they do this? And he's like, well, how does that fucking matter for right. the job we have to do and, like, the work we have to do on the... We'll say it was plumbing. I don't know if it was plumbing, but... Yeah, it's not even related to yeah. the job that he's going yeah. to do, it seems. You're yeah. testing me on, like, history of this instead of, like, what I need to know to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of this stuff. I mean, it just felt like it was, uh, you know, no shade to the organization that runs these things but it, you know maybe this <laughs> in is case me. you get this dude i mean yeah you know that'd be sick <laughs> i mean and also maybe i'm salty because i failed that test many yeah. many years ago but like it just seems like you're yeah you're just studying to get this thing and you know a part of it is like yeah it looks good when if you have it and then you apply for jobs like oh shit this person i don't know even know what image it conveys in a person's head i think it's just like they have this certification mm-hmm. so they I don't know. It just looks better. So that, there's definitely a benefit to it. So they yeah. have a re, but it feels kind of like, I mean, you're basically just paying like $600 to get your ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, you know, that information because you work in an, you know, yeah. you work in a, in a hospital type environment that like tends to give you that info. Um, just by the way that the practice is, yeah. but it's like you're just paying that money to fucking get that degree. I mean, like, I mean, pharmacy school didn't feel like that. I mean, you had to like, I didn't know any of this pharmacy shit until I went through school. So that seemed a little important mm-hmm. to like get, get the degree. But yeah. What was your undergrad in? So I did, uh, um, <clears throat> I, I did two years in undergrad, so I didn't, I don't have a bachelor's degree. Okay. So I, uh, I did a direct to, oh, um, like a pre-pharmacy. Something yes. Or? So I did a, it was called the dual acceptance program. So when I applied to, um, college, I was basically applying to the six year program where I knew in six years I was going to be a pharmacist. And nice. so I did two years at Loyola and it was like a basically a preset schedule of or a preset like list of every class I had to take for the next six years for the next two years. Okay. At Loyola. And then as long as I maintained my GPA, my acceptance into pharmacy school and my seat there was guaranteed. Nice. So there wasn't after that two years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But it wasn't like I was, but I just, my, my like six years was basically just that laid out for me it was just set in stone i knew that i was going to go into pharmacy school as long as i did my two years of undergrad of my classes that i needed to do um so yeah i didn't really i don't have a bachelor's degree or anything like that are you interested in working in a hospital um no i mean i want to do a lot more teaching i've kind of over the last few probably kind of for the last like since i graduated i kind of knew i wanted to do more teaching i like that space a lot more um, I never like, I've never felt like I was like a really smart pharmacist. Like, mm. I think I like knew as much as a normal pharmacist should know. But like, I think the, I think I'm just like a better communicator than most yeah. um, or whatever than just a lot of people. I mean, so much of pharmacy school is, um, so much of pharmacy school and like probably a lot of other med schools is you have to learn the shit. You have yeah. to learn the medical shit because if you don't, like if you're a good talking doctor, but you don't know shit, then that's, yeah, like, that's, not, not that's dangerous. Yeah. And if you're a good talking pharmacist and don't know stuff, then that's also problematic. Yeah. So like, 
so much of school is spent focusing on the material yeah. and the content, which is great. Which is important. Yeah. Obviously, super important. But what but the delivery of that material is like yeah. an afterthought. So which is yeah. why I like this. Medical, the actual job. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is communication. Yeah. That's like but that's like fucking life, man. And so yeah. that's like where, you know, kind of I want to get back to like you're talking about improv kind of turning into life. Sure. sure but sure. like the focus on medical improv is that like this is a profession and it tends to focus on farmers. Uh, physicians because it was started by people who were focusing on med students yeah so the 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 sort of basic focus behind that or the fa basic driver behind that is like this is a profession where you have to speak to people and if you don't communicate clearly or you don't communicate in a way that's cognizant of like a communication is a two-way street then it's going to it's going to be impacted yeah. so we need to teach it's going to negatively impact their life probably yes and so we need to teach people how to communicate better you know everyone i've told that i'm doing this sort of work for they're like yeah it's true doctors really need to know how to communicate and it's like sure but i think it's like a life skill i think like we don't know how to communicate yeah. as a society like because we haven't haven't spent enough time thinking about how do we come off to people we haven't spent enough time really like staring at people and talking to them and focusing and so there's this whole thing and so like yeah. not just med you know med yeah. medical improv is a niche so just easier to kind of you yeah. know continue to flip like it's just easier to get a for me to yeah. focus on that if I want to teach in that realm. But I really like think when people say stuff like that about doctors, it's like, sure, but like we all need this. Like improv yeah. is like this life skill, you know, or like yeah. communication is a life skill, whatever, yeah. however you get there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so it's like, that's what I'm trying to teach. That's what I've gotten. You know, I'm sure you're the same or you can, mm. you know, disagree, but like that's what's been the biggest benefit to me is like that focus on like, how do I communicate better? And I didn't even know that shit going into improv, man. And it's yeah. like, it's insane how it's like really changed how I try to communicate with people. It's not, you know, yeah. obviously we're not, per not perfect, but like changed. Yeah. It's really made me like quite intentional mm -hmm. and focused in and keyed in on a lot of different things and keyed up on a lot of different stuff, you know? Yeah. And like, um, that was a cocaine joke. And, um, uh, <laughs> um, shouldn't have done cocaine now I forgot <laughs> what I was talking about but but yeah it's just like it's just changed how I communicate with people and it's through improv unintentionally on this thing that I just did on a whim it's changed how I understand myself what I understand about myself and you know yeah. some of that is like growing up to be an adult just yeah. in general you learn some shit you see some shit but I think it's like really been like I don't know where I would be if I hadn't done those things to understand that communication is really complicated and nobody knows what the fuck like they're doing because yeah. we're all just kind of living assuming we have every life skill necessary to be fine and now you're 30 and it's like oh god i don't have shit and like yeah that's the it's been a it's been a huge like boon and that's yeah. why i want to like spread the spread that spread the good gospel word. yeah spread yeah. that good word yeah dude. church of improv yeah um no i i don't know if i really have even much to add besides like yeah i i think i'm lucky in that i i spend a lot of time with like actors and improvisers who like communication is kind of their job. I mean, a lot of, a lot of actors especially are kind of self-involved. Um, I think talks I've had with other people are like, you kind of have to be, to be an actor. You have to be a little self-involved because you're manipulating your own emotions and, um, ideas of things. So you have to kind of know how you work and kind of be into yourself, I guess, which can come off in a negative, unhealthy way, but you have to spend some of that time doing that. Um, but I was going to say, I feel like I spend a lot of time with improvisers and actors who are, generally have a good grasp of, grasp of communication and listening skills. Um, so when I'm not around people like that, it's, it becomes very obvious that like, oh, you seem to be super in your head or you aren't really listening to me or you don't, you're, we're not 
connecting somehow to something about the way you're saying or the way I'm hearing it is I don't think we're, we're getting the same thing. Um, I think the biggest thing I see with, um, I was in physics a long time ago now. I can barely say I was in physics now. You know what's funny before, don't lose your train. Are you sure. going to lose your train of thought? Um, yeah. <laughs> before, I'll write it down. I'll try and get back to it, then I'll write it down. Okay. Um, before I, before when I was in physics, um, the, before I was in before when I was in physics, which is so long ago, I'm barely in physics. But oh, I would notice. I think that um, I'm writing it down right. He's now, now refused to speak, and he is now just going to communicate via words that he's written down. So this is going to Sharag be- is going to do a podcast <laughs> with himself, <laughs> which is what I've been wanting to do forever. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. dude, this having this guest is just. I need a soundboard so I don't feel awkward. Um, what I was going to say just slightly was I when we started joking about you being in physics, you actually did do physics. I remember you talking about mm-hmm. some shit on the last time we spoke, and so I thought we were doing a joke, but we were actually, you do kind of have a physics I, thing. I barely have physics. <laughs> I have now, I, when was it? I think it was, I, I studied physics for like four years, and I think it was, what was it? Oh, I remember it was like, beginning of 2019 when I started grad school, I was like, I finally have been improvising as long as I try to do physics. And I was like, okay, finally I'm not more physics guy than, than theater improv, whatever. Right, right, right. Which was a a cool moment for me because I'm like the whole time after coming out of physics, going into improv, I'm like, I'm not this person. I'm not this person. Imposter syndrome. Um, I think I can be good at this. I don't know, but like I got to get all over all this failure I had in physics. Um, which turned out to be fine. I'm so glad I failed at it and was <laughs> horrible at it. I had a, I had an interesting switch too of like when I went from like when it flipped kind of like in being a pharmacist first who does improv and kind of now like improv being kind of maybe, you know, I still am a pharmacist, but like yeah. improv or like, yeah, that performer type stuff is sort of at the forefront, I think maybe, but I'm not, you know, I'm not like a performer in that like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing improv, but I also have like a career, and so I think it's kind of it's event, you know, or a career in pharmacy, and yeah. it's starting to blend into like I'm an improviser who's trying to infuse improv into his pharmacy career. Yeah. But yeah, that I had that flip too, because for a while I was like, I'm just like a pharmacist dude taking improv classes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I think I kind of wrote down what I was going to say. Um, I think people spend. I'll just read what I said. People spend so much time in their heads that they can't get to those other people. So, like, especially when I was in when I was in physics, and I think other people that I've met, there seems like to be a there's a lot of computer science guys that are in improv, which really? I thought was interesting. Yeah, mm. um, but I, I those people, especially like I won't name names, but there's a friend of mine who is on a team um, with me at I/O, and he's a um, front end developer, whatever that title means. He was a he's a programmer, web developer, all that. And I remember him talking to me. He's like, I spend so much of my day in my head just doing that. So when I come to improv, I don't know how to like not be up there and do everything, be so heady about what we're doing and oh, like yeah. just worried about it. And then, I mean, it sounds, I was, I guess I felt good that like I was in grad school and we were working like on a bunch of cool shit that I could come back um, to my team and talk, talk about it with. So him specifically, I was like, it's interesting that it's called being in your head because the cure to it is to like literally get in your body. 
so I said like, you know, before shows, let's move around, let's run, let's do yoga, let's stretch, let's whatever, like literally to get yourself out of your head, you go into your body. Oh, so mm. we would do like we were learning at ingress. We were learning like Williamson technique, which is kind of like modern dance, but more focused on like getting your head out of the way of your emotions. So like um, emotions live in the body. We learned this in grad school. I'm I dropped out of grad school. I should add before I go any further. <laughs> I dropped out of grad school. So take that with what, with what you will. But so I did, listen to what he's talking about <laughs> with a grain of makes salt. Makes a lot of sense. Sure, um, we trust you. Yes, I did yes. two years, and I my grades were fine. I decided not to go back. I didn't get kicked out. I would get kicked out. <laughs> Don't pretend that yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm a bad boy. Yeah, he's a bad. He's I'm, a bad I'm boy. The, I'm the grad school theater grad school bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, we William Williamson, Williamson technique, which is super close to modern dance. We were doing a lot of things like cutting out, trying to cut out the mind between the emotions and your expression of them in your body. So. Um, so we would do some movement things like that, where it's kind of like you feel super weird, of course, but just doing like free flow movement, um, ba- like connected to music, just so like whatever emotions you feel, yeah, you don't intellectualize them, you just kind of express them physically. That makes, I mean, that's, dude, yeah, and I think that like you know you put it in like a, you're learning that in grad school or you know the well the, before you got kicked out you were learning it and <laughs> before you got kicked out you were learning it and yeah, yeah, yeah. i sit at work it's sometimes if i'm sitting at my desk and um and they're here to get you and actually there's police here that yeah, are going to yeah. arrest them for getting try and up. take me try and take me <laughs> uh like when i sit at my desk and i haven't moved um i find myself like just sort of feeling like shit and festering in my brain and then it just like makes me not feel good and then it just like kind of psych like uh just kind of snowballs yeah as opposed to like just moving and shaking and just like what jen actually feels like when you move like just throwing it casting it away from somewhere like that's like that's a that's that seems like a skill that everyone should be taught always. Like, yeah. you know, you kind of, like, in pharmacy school or any school, you're just sort of, like, left to your own devices to figure that shit out, like, based mm-hmm. on, like, just talking to your friends or people who have done it or, like, hearing it. And, like, maybe that's what life is supposed to be is just learning from other people. But, mm-hmm. like, couldn't that be integrated into, like, you know, more of life or more, and not, yeah, more meetings or just yeah. any of that shit, like... I mean, there's all... I guess to I say with that is, like, there's a whole lot of uses, obviously, for all those jobs to be in your head a lot because that's sure. how you solve those problems and do that work. But, like, as far as being a full human, I think you have to spend at least an equal amount of time in your body. Yeah. And um, I guess I don't want to I don't want to cast a wide net on, like, the world right now, but I feel like it seems like people spend a far more time in their heads than they do in their bodies. And it, it manifests in, like, physical things. There's a good book. It's called Move Your DNA where they talk about, like, movement being, like, nutrition which I think is um, is super cool. And I, I didn't read the whole book. I dropped out of grad school. <laughs> but um, that I, I remember reading that and just thinking it was such a cool idea that movement is nutrition, just like food is. Like you need to move your body. What if the end to, of the book said, just kidding? <laughs> just kidding. But you didn't read Written it. by Miles Potter. <laughs> I dropped out of grad school. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, moving from exercise and just fucking moving from mm. it just even even just like stretching and like sometimes like my body will hurt and I'll just go for a walk and I'll feel great like 30 yeah. minutes there. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? Like yeah. I'm sitting there like I sitting there and I just feel tight. And so I don't want to move. But the solution is actually to move yeah. and to like just get yeah. out of whatever space you're in. I wonder I, I wonder if 
based on like I have I have some reveals, <laughs> but I wonder if how do we get to this conversation because there's I think there's so much I'm doing in my life right now that's like based on this. Did we get to this conversation because my mind is just only thinking about this, or does this did we get here organically? Doesn't matter. But I here's my here's my job right now. My job I work at Stretch Lab where I literally stretch people for six hours at a time. Not I don't stretch them. I stretch like people for fifty minutes. But like really, really, you hold someone's leg up for six hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Don't think I would torture chamber. I'll hold someone's leg up for as long as they don't want me to. Um, But I work at Stretch Lab and like where you do like the whole certification thing of like stretching and what flexibility can do and different problems people will have in their bodies and like where there isn't mobility or lack of muscle activation and what different stretches can do that and where they're having pains and why. So I did that whole certification and in order to get that, I have to have, I needed to have, I needed to be studying to get my personal training certification. So I'm training, I'm studying right now to get my personal training certification. That's cool. Which is also so much about like what uh, I think I was just reading about like um, core exercise and the importance of them and how to do them and balance exercises and plyometrics and like everything that you like. I expect personal training to be like, here's how you lift, drink protein, fuck you. <laughs> but it was, and it lift. hasn't been, lift, get it. And it has been that a little bit, but there's also like so many other things about like what the body needs and how the body works. And um, I think the simplest thing, which is of course, but I, I didn't know cause I had never studied this, but like the muscle can do two things. It can contract or it can stretch. And if you spend too much time contracting it, you need to stretch it. So like when you're holding people hold their shoulders up, their, their stress goes into their shoulders and they hold them. They literally need to just stretch their so- shoulders yeah. that will get rid of stress. It'll ease that. And like, they'll feel better emotionally because that stress that stress is gone and that contraction is lessened so like yeah i i don't know that's why i thought it was interesting that we got to this conversation because i re- i think i just realized so much of my life now is organized around that idea of movement is n- nutrition yeah dude i mean i'll just like when i'm feeling just like small i'll just like hang from the pull-up bar and just like yeah. what in my brain i'm trying to think of like Elongating I'm spine. elongating it. You know, yeah. I don't, and it, and it, sometimes if I'm in a good space, it'll actually feel like I'm like getting longer mm-hmm. and it's, you know, I'm sure there's like a little bit of that, but it's yeah, not in my yeah. brain. I'm like, you know, it, like multiple feet is what that stretch feels yeah, like. Yeah. It feels so fucking good. And it's yeah. such a simple, like simple little thing. And so that's like, so going back to like, uh, bringing improv into like medical schools, it's like, it's a chance to yeah. kind of like, well, it's fun. So that's just a nice yeah. thing. Um, like in, sort of personally it's fun and that's yeah. cool to like yeah teach something that's enjoyable but it's like getting people getting students to move that hopefully returns them back to like a clearer space and so you leave like yeah. you know you're you're it's awkward and you're scared and these are not performers and um so to put them into this like big uh, uncomfortable space is really exciting but there's like a lot of potential for them to discover shit about themselves and a lot of it is yeah. just like just move so you can fucking go out into the world yeah. and then just hopefully have a new perspective and, yeah. and all it is is I'm not trying to you know sell them an improv but like i think it kind of works in that way yeah. like what can i take from this and yeah. bring it into my especially life? since improv is um it doesn't feel that way because you're like at least the first couple of shows you're like terrified until or like for months you're just terrified to do an improv show but yeah. after a while and i mean hopefully hopefully through these workshops you learn that like there's truly zero stakes and anything i do is fine 
and you get to like get to that point and then you can maybe be more comfortable in these communi- communications with someone else and you can get out of your head and more into them and yeah. what I can get from them and do for them and like make sure that they're they're with me and that I'm with them. Yeah. And I think that's that's the basis for better communication that you would hope these doctors, pharmacists, whatever would get of like everybody. Let me get out of all the information I have and just like be with you and like, okay, what did you say? What can I best do to help you get what you need? Blah, blah, blah. It's also um, another part of my job that I do is um, this thing called academic detailing. So it's um, educational outreach for prescribers for like anyone that can prescribe medication. Okay. Um, But it's done one-on-one and it's the goal is to try and make it kind of conversational. So it's um, like, similar to pharmaceutical sales in the technique of Mm -hmm. like, I have information, I want to give it to you. Um, But it's not connected to a pharmaceutical company. We're just sort of focusing on like the evidence that exists and the guidelines of all and medications and all that stuff. But that is also like, I have all this information. I like me and a a team spent six months creating educational material on this, all this new shit that's happening in type two diabetes. Mm. But I, and I need to go in and like tell you about it, but I'm, it's not a lecture. So I need to like sit and like talk to you and feel and vibe off of you and then give you the information. And so I'll tell like staff members and mostly I tell myself of like, this information is, I have it all. It's here. I have it in my back pocket. I have Mm. it in my body, but I need to like, listen to you like it's like about us talking and then i it's hard to i'm struggling to be able to explain this to people of like you have to kind of trust yourself that you know it all and if you don't it's fine like you have skills to be like i can look that up or whatever it is but if you spend enough time on the back end researching and practicing the material then it's there you don't need it in front of you like really you just have it here kind of like you know in your heart and then you just talk and then you flow and mm-hmm. it's like I think, it'll come out yeah and you'll have a better interaction this is yeah, about yeah. like this 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 type of work is about building a relationship with this like prescriber so like the hope is i see the same doc every six months or every three months for years yeah. and I think people come back because it was like a nice interaction. Obviously you want it to be educational and I have full trust and confidence in myself that it will, the info will be there, but it's like really about like, I got to listen to you and kind of catch your vibe. And if you're frustrated, I can't just keep talking to you about whatever bullshit I'm there to talk about. Cause you're not going to listen. And it's yeah. like, then all you've done is just talked and not conversed. And so yeah. like, it's starting to some of that improv stuff, like, Going from just being on the stage to not trickling more into my life and changing yeah. how I like. And you also need to like get them like uh, you use the example if they're frustrated. You also need to get them in a place where they can listen because if they're frustrated and you're throwing information at them, obviously they're not going to take it. So you need to, as a good communicator, kind of get them in a place of like, no, Shrag and I are together here. We're yeah. whatever he says to me, I'm going to hear. Whatever I say to him, he's going to hear. We're having a discussion instead of he's just throwing information at me. I think the struggle is you're taking something that's kind of abstract, which is like, how do you catch the vibe of somebody? And like, how do I feel you? How do I hear you? How do I see you? And try and like apply it is super hard. Into two people who are trained to be very by the book. You know, medicine is this like very, and I try to talk about this with the students when I do my improv workshops too. It's like, we'll do exercises about like, it's a, it's this one exercise. It's a paired conversation. So basically, I have them do two minute conversations with a partner, three rounds of it. The first one is you just keep saying yes and, so you get to feel what momentum is like. Yeah. And then you do yes but, which is kind of like herky jerky momentum. And yeah. then you do no. And so then we talk about how it feels and like it, one one 
uh, one of the participants in the workshop was like, I hated that. That made me feel terrible. And I was like, good. Now, you know, and I, and, and so the, like, it's, so I said, good, you know what it feels like to keep putting barriers, but also let's remember, like, sometimes people will die if you don't say no. So like, this isn't an exercise to say, yeah. don't ever say no. No has a purpose. Yeah. And does something and specific. Understand. Yeah. yeah. Versus just like, you know, maybe that's your first instinct. And you know, some people in the, like, I'll ask them like, which one was the easiest? And some people are like, oh, I like saying no, because then I could just talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. And it's like, cool. So like, understand these things, but you're taking these, like, we're trained to be very structured by the book, because that's what you need to mm -hmm. take care of people. But like, there's this other element and it's hard. How do you like, you've been trained for years to yeah. be r very regimented and now you throw this in, which is very fucking fluid and yeah. loose and takes a lot of time. There isn't like a direct answer. Like how do you yeah. communicate clearly? Fuck. You just keep yeah. looking at people and talking to them and keep doing it and, and then reflect. And like, like I do debriefs with my staff and the hope, like after, like basically after they do their visits with a doctor, I'll like, like, let's talk about the visit. And my hope is like to force people to reflect on their skill set and like, feel if something didn't go right yeah. and instead of just ignoring it like actually paying attention that shouldn't be like oh you know what that felt weird now it's like all right cool why do you yeah. think it felt weird and then they'll be yeah. like oh that felt weird because blah 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 blah. and i'm like cool Great. what can we do differently yeah. how do we and like that's yeah so you're anal you're like analyzing a conversation and trying to structure it differently in a way that is beneficial for both parties yeah without you know like yeah without making people over i'm trying to find a balance of i don't want people to overthink it because that's the in the head you, that's yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. that's the death like you don't want yeah. you don't want that overthinking you want to be yeah. fucking flowing and but yeah. you have to like flow i think requires like thought and you got to yeah. fucking think about it to get to the place where yeah. you don't have to think anymore and i think uh for the, the very little i know about flow is like flow requires play which is why I think these workshops are doing are so great is because it gets them in a conversation place that's so low stakes that they can play and feel that flow so they know what it feels like if they get in a conversation that actually has some stakes, they can still do it to a quality level that gets done what they need to get done and the conversation doesn't feel like it's one-sided. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's interesting. Yeah. So I think play, play might be the the biggest and best thing you're giving them. I've had students in the workshop, like stand on tables and stuff. I just have them like walk around the room and embody characters. And nice. one guy stood on a table and I was like, Oh shit. Like maybe he just hadn't had an opportunity to fucking like just let loose. Cause and he also seemed like a, like he, he had tight shoulders kind of individual. So he was really like regimented and this yeah. was his opportunity to fucking freak out. And I was like, cool Good. for me. It's like, how do I contain this? Cause I obviously like, uh, it's a chance for them to let loose and the, the the back of my mind is like okay so they've come from pretty regimented schooling or whatever and yeah. so now you're in this place where it's like i wanted to feel like there's freedom but it's like yeah. we can't we got to keep this tight. you want to be in like a boxing ring where like the walls are flexible but still there yeah i want them to feel the freedom to explore but i also need to make sure we're not just this isn't like there's some real work that yeah. needs to be done. And that's more on me to just figure out the parameters. Yeah. Sometimes I've had to go up to students and be like, yo, shut the fuck up, like secretly. And there's been some where immediately I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a problem. And yeah. I was like, it's like, I don't fucking like this kid. And then yeah. at the end, he was like amazing. And just yeah. like, he surprised me. But I, it's just, yeah, trying to, this is probably more an internal battle in my head. I'm in my head so much through these workshops. Like, yeah. it's crazy, man. I was yeah. telling my friend, like, what's happening in my brain? It's like, as a teacher, you kind of have to be, which is backwards from what you're trying to teach, but... 
Yeah. I mean, you're trying to managing so many things. I'm managing my own emotions with whatever people are doing. There's always this thought in the back of my mind, like, why don't they just revolt? Why are they listening to me? That's just here. It exists and it's not loud, but it exists and I'm aware of it. And so that's there. I'm trying to make sure of time. I'm trying to keep the energy up. So I'm just fucking like the correct amount of energy. I don't want to be so much that they're like, this dude's insane. I don't want to put them off, but I'm trying to bring them because sometimes I have to, you know, I'm like, so there's that. I'm trying to make sure I have the material. I'm trying to pay attention to everybody's in the room. I keep it small. I keep it to about 12 kids because that's our 12. Some of these motherfuckers are older than me. 12 like participants. Yeah. So I'm trying to make sure everyone's cool, trying to remember stuff, trying to like throw some jokes in there just to keep it fucking fresh and like, you know, be exciting. And it's like, I can't, I don't think I, I need them to, I need to be in it the whole time. They yeah. can kind of come in and come out. So there's like all these other things. And then just every other random thought that's popped into my head and fuck that did, that didn't go well. How could I have done it better? And that's just yeah. while I'm like, cool on to the next exercise. Yeah, great. It's, like, it's like, Oh my God, dude. It's like, I'm like fucking spent yeah. after those, but it feels so good. Yeah. It feels so fucking good. Especially when people like start to get it and are doing a good job and like understand it and Maybe see the value of it. You're like, this is why I did it. This is why I did it. I, um, so two years ago, um, I, I did like 15 one-off workshops, uh, fucking 10 one-off workshops with the medical students at UIC. And then it turned into where I did a three-part series with, um, first year and second year med students. Um, and just kind of separately, cause that's just the way that the schedule worked up. Anyways, after the third session, we did our workshop. We did it. They were like one hour sessions. We did the workshop and then the students all left and then I walked out and they were all, they were not friends before, but they're all just standing in a circle talking. And I was like, Oh shit, dude, we just like built a fucking team right here. And like, imagine what we could do. Like if we were supposed to, if we're supposed to be a unit and whatever team we're supposed to be in, if that can, if this can connect people who would like are pretty different personalities together that's fucking dope. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what improv has done yeah. for me. And like, I'm sure. It's yeah. Similar. How do you, yeah, for sure. How do you make something with people you don't really know? And I guess even, even more than that, how do you make something out of nothing? Um, I, I mean, granted, the discussion we had about walls is like with an improv show, there's, there's walls. Like I know I'm at least when I'm with my Herald team, I know we're going to do um, an opening three scenes game, three scenes game th- and then closing. So like, I know roughly what's going to happen structure wise, Yeah. but I, I don't know what's going to happen content wise. So I can maybe trust the safety of maybe those walls and then use the other things I don't know to explore. Yeah. Um, like you have to create some kind of structure for the creativity and the beautifulness to happen. Like, yeah. there, like there's gotta be like safety and comfortability. And I know what this is, so I'm safe in it, but also like another half of it where I have no idea what it's going to be, but I can like, I know, I know it's going to be like, I think what, what helped me in improv to not feel nervous anymore is like, I know we're going to do a scene. Yeah. I've done so many scenes. I know how to do a scene. Yeah. I don't know who I'm going to be. I don't know who they're going to be. I don't know where they're going to be, where we're going to be. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I know it's going to be a scene. Yeah. Um, and I know what can kind of be done in a scene because I've done so many and I can, I can, I'll be fine in it. Yeah. Like, uh, the, uh <laughs> it makes me think of a seance. Like you kind of need to have the structure in the place for the, for the spirit to come in. And you yeah. just, you need, and the, I heard, uh, mm, some fucking dude talk about religion, but he was saying like the structure is important when you're young. Like you, like it's important 
to give some confines to be able to let the thing flourish to its best self. If, if there's no rules or anything, there's like no direction and yeah. that's dangerous. You obviously don't want to do too many structures. Yeah, yeah. That's dangerous. And then they can't go anywhere. Yeah. Why'd you quit grad school? I quit grad school because the whole third year is really just about showcase. Um, and, uh, I figured I could submit. I'm, and you kind of spend all year like learning about the Chicago landscape, learning about what self tapes are like, learning about, um, what audition pieces to do, how to make a resume, how to do blah, blah, blah. Who do you, how, what agents do you apply to? And all that. I'm like, I kind of know the Chicago landscape already. I feel good about my self tape stuff. I know how to get headshots. I know how to make a resume. I know how to get head. I know how to get head. I'm really fucking good at getting head. <laughs> that's, probably boy. My, that's probably my best skill. <laughs> uh, you need a dude on set who can get head. You need. I can get head, dude. I'm the best at getting head. Um, does she give head? Because I get head. <laughs> and you kicked off the set like you kicked, kicked off a of grad school. Goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I got kicked out of grad school. I said that first day of rehearsal. <laughs> Um, this is porn theater, right? <laughs> yeah. do, do you think that was ever a thing? Porn theater? I think things might have turned into porn theater against people. Like, I think things like maybe. became porn theater when people didn't want it to. Yeah. I think maybe there, that seems like a good. There probably was, right? There probably was. You're you talking about to, like, you go to see like. Yeah, a, you go to some seedy underground theater show and they just watch people fucking. Oh, that exists. In Amsterdam, you can watch people oh. have sex. So there is theater theater porn. Yeah, I guess there's not like a play, then, then they fuck. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not watching porn movies. What are you watching? I quit grad school because I, the whole third year was about like doing your thesis. Yeah. Which I know all the things to do for it. And I figured if I want to do a play, I can do it myself and not have all this pressure of like having to write all this stuff, turn it in by a certain time, present it to people, defend my learning in, in grad school. Oh. Um, so I figure I don't, I don't need the pressure of that. I can do that. I feel like I've gotten everything I need to, um, everything that I wanted to get out of it. I don't think everything I need, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be, um, successful, but I've got all the things I need to try. Grad school for acting. I don't know if that was ever clear. Did yeah, we, we... I went to grad school for acting at Northern yeah. Illinois University, which had a great program. Um, I love that I was there, and I love the people, and I love the school. Uh, but I think it, for me, it was the time, especially if, like the whole last year is about preparing for that showcase, like, like I said. And I figured I, I know that I know how to do all those things, and I figured I could submit myself now. And I just got my headshots in last Thursday. Yeah, I think they look pretty good. Um, I don't like my haircut, but I think they look okay. And then I can submit myself. Why don't you get a different haircut? I Here's what happened. I got a haircut. Then I got sick and I had to cancel. And then I didn't want to get like a second haircut because it cancel was like. Cancel the photo shoot. I canceled the photo shoot. And then I didn't want to get like a second haircut because it like wasn't right, the, quite the right amount of. So I was like, my hair was like a week too long. And I didn't really like the style too, but I went to a cheap haircut and that's where what you get. Um, <laughs> yeah, cheap haircuts. Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> Don't go to sports clips and ask for something. This nice. is an anti-sports clip. Yeah, I'm wow. anti-sports. This is an anti-sponsorship. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> we're taking your sponsorship yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, but you get to watch sports while you get your hair cut. She faced me away from him. The fuck are you going to? Sp- I don't know. I don't so know. You went to sport clips to watch sports while you got a haircut, and she turned you around. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't watching sports. No sports for you. No, I went there for the cut, which is sad. 
Yeah, if you're gonna go for any of the two yeah. things, you, you should, go for sports. You go for sports. Yeah. Um, I've always thought when I'm sitting in a Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, be fucking great right now getting a haircut. <laughs> you are maybe the only person who thinks that. <laughs> I really could use Man. some like strange woman's hands in my hair right now, dude. Blowing like. A, like the blow dryer that's like just like a little too hot on like yeah, parts yeah. like as my and she hair's says is that too hot and you're like it's fine <laughs> and my hair's kind of thinning so it's like just like a right on fucking skin yeah. too so it's like you got a strong beard though have we mentioned Woo! that you can't see that in a podcast but you got you got a strong beard thanks bro yeah it's definitely um on a dating app once uh some lady was like is this a quarantine beard i said no girl it's a life beard and then she Hell didn't yeah. respond anymore but i was like damn son that's such a good yeah you don't want to be with a man that says shit like that probably don't actually yeah. it seems like a dude is a no I, I think that's a great response of course i'm, I'm another dude uh <laughs> but i think that's a great response like no this is a life beard i'm yeah. not i'm not fucking around thanks man it uh yeah definitely like um yeah, I mean, I don't know, beard talk is boring, but it's an interesting thing, man. It definitely, like, feels like, uh, I think there's, you know, as much as, like, your external is, you know, it's all kind of a facade, I guess. There is something about, like, I feel like I get into an interesting state of mind when, it, when I, when, at the, as the beard starts to grow, there's, like, a, I actually um, feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my facial hair. Like, there's, like, yeah. there's, like, this is the, this is the, what it's supposed to be. I feel like my best self um, with the beard, even though, and I get it, you know, this is all, it's all just whatever. It's all, you should be working on yourself internally. And that's yeah. an important thing. And I do that a lot, but yeah. like, this is the, that I think it's an, it's an important element. There's a part of me that feels like when I trim it off, I just become like, I can, it's like easier to hide away. When the beard's gone. gone. Yeah. It's just like for, for me, not, you know, every, I'm not, not, I don't yeah. look at like people without beards, like you fucking hiding person, but like, yeah. um, unless they are hiding yeah. and I will yes. say you're hiding, you're hiding. I never let people hide. If I see anyone Good. behind a tree, I'm like, don't hey. ever, don't let me hide. Don't ever let me hide. Oh, I won't. I'll Good. point you out. Um, but yeah, there's just a part of me that's like with this beard, it's like, nah, I'm here. And now you need to take notice of me. Whereas, but without it, it's like, I feel like I just kind of look like a regular person, which is fine. Yeah, you yeah. know, both are, both are whatever. But yeah. yeah, for me, it's like an important, that's maybe, interesting. it's probably just me sort of trying to like, you know, it's all in, like, I feel like everything is just all an internal, like competing against whatever fucking demons I have in my own brain. <laughs> maybe. I, I think that's interesting because I feel the opposite. I feel like if I have any facial hair, even kind of scruff, I'm like, oh, I just look kind of run of the mill, normal crowd. Where if I'm like clean shaven, I'm like, this is, I think this is me. Oh, yeah, really? Maybe some, some scruff. I'm like, this is, you know, this is okay. This is kind of me, but I think clean shaven. I feel the most like, most like me. I think that's an important, I mean, that's like part of, again, I think through improv, like it just understanding, like what is the best version of myself? And maybe it's a newer version, but I feel like more it's helping me see who, when I'm at my best yeah. is when I'm feeling that way, feeling the way that I'm feeling on stage or whatever it is, or even in like a, just sort of that life approach, but like yeah. that's it, that, that trying to just, what, what do I need to do mm. to feel like my best self in every aspect? And yeah. I want to do more of that. And sometimes it feels selfish, but I think like that's part of understanding how much I need to do for others and how much do I need to do for myself to sort of fully. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm really trying to yeah. work towards. Cause I think like that's the, I think I, that's the thing that I think a lot of people are trying to do of like, how do I externally, um, go back to communication. How do I externally communicate how I internally see myself? Mm. Um, because obviously what you, you know, the most about yourself, even your parents or your, whoever your 
spouse or everything. They they don't know everything about whoever you. Whoever your spouse, yeah. yeah. Whoever. Whoever your spouse. Yeah. Your they don't know everything about you. Only you have all that's your That's the information. thing about the spouses is you never really nobody knows who their spouse no, is. They're no. just going out and hoping. That's the problem with spouses. You never know who's yours. <laughs> that's why you got to lock them down. Lock them down. That's why we have rings. <laughs> Get the government involved. <laughs> who's my wife? <laughs> Raise oh, your hand. <laughs> I can't see you. My eyes are closed. Down in front. My <laughs> eyes are closed. Tap me on the shoulder. The other shoulder. The other shoulder. God damn That's it. my knee. <laughs> oh, she seems not that smart. Why is she touching your knees? We always argue. I say, touch me on the shoulder, not my knee. Not my knee. That's got to be my wife. She always gets it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. You guys have a little thing. That's how you know. Because every... I'm yeah. sure... You know, I'm sure when you're out there clean shaven, there's these fucking sneaky spouses who married a you know a person who was like lesser and they thought they'd be fine and then you walk in with your clean face yeah and they're all touching your shoulder trying to get you to think it's the wife but yeah, no the like, wife knows uh, it's wife the knows knee. and i say shoulder i'm talking about my knee wow that's good yeah. that is that's love yeah that's love yeah that that's that knowing knee touch yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you were that's, saying something about external making your internal good. um yeah i think that your that's what i think i finished my thought but that was that's what everyone's trying to do. Okay, is like, cool. how do no, how do my? Do <laughs> no, <that's fine. laughs> okay. Um, I think that everyone's trying to make the external uh, reflect what they feel they are internally. And I think I mean we were talking about physical stuff, and I think I struggle with it sometimes too. Of like, as you get older and like bigger, and you are start losing your hair, like I am, like your internal thought is like, oh, this is how I look, and like you don't physically look like that anymore. Um, you're like, oh, that, I, then you just feel weird and you have to like resolve it internally of like, no, n- kind of maybe the opposite of what we were saying earlier of like, no matter how I look, I'm, I'm me and I'm, I'm of the quality I always am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which it's, is hard to, I think hard to accept. Sure. Yeah. I, de- I definitely want to, I want the, the, I want the inner me to be strong. I mean, yeah. the external can be whatever, but that's yeah. the shit that like. I think has sustainability is like, who are you? You know, who are you as a friend, as a person? It's like, that shit doesn't matter what you look like. And you know, when I first, when I first grew this beard, the first time I grew it, I got a lot of like weird responses from family members and like some, from some friends who were like, you don't, don't grow a beard. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like where they would just like harp, harp, harp on like, don't grow a beard. And I found it so weird because what I was hearing was people saying your external matters so much and it's not who you are. That's what I was hearing in my yeah. brain. And like, um, I found that so strange and so yeah. disconnected and Indian Disheartening, people, I bet too. Sure. And it was like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like, I'm trying, this is just, let me fucking, yeah. I'm not doing anything. This has nothing to do with you. Yes, and it's not harmful. And it was so weird. You know, I think that was also just people going through their own, whatever it is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I think mom, my mom just likes a clean shave. And now yeah. this is like the third time I've done it, uh, like, shaved it off and returned it back where it's like now my parents just kind of accept it but like or family's fine with it but for like years my grandma would be like you need to shave your face or my aunt would be like you need to shave and I was like nah I'm not gonna do that and it's like what are you even talking about because like what what and this is when I hear those things what's going on in my brain is like you're not taking this doesn't change who I am as an individual it doesn't change who I am as a friend it doesn't change what I'm doing professionally any of that stuff and you're just harping on this one weird thing that doesn't have doesn't anything to do make with any goddamn my sense. quality, yeah. And sometimes, and you know, this is, I'm, I'm going to say broad statement, and this is not, uh, you know, obviously broad statements are, mm-hmm. there's, it's not for everyone, it doesn't fall into this category, but Indian people have a very weird thing about when you, when they're, like, uh, they're strange beef with Muslims, like when they're, like, Hindu son or Hindu, like, 
person in their family looks like a Muslim for whatever reason. Uh, it becomes this weird thing, and it's like that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me at all. I don't care about your like weird views on like yeah. whatever stuff. And it's like, that's so strange. And I feel like that's a, that was kind of an undercurrent oh. um, or sometimes explicitly said like it was both. And it's like, I reject, I reject yeah. that very so, much. Yeah. I think exactly, exactly what you're like. That's their shit. That's yeah. not your shit. They're, they're judging you because of their, their shit. And you know, I get it. We always look at people and we make, we make judgments on, um, who they are based on what they look like. And partially, you know, I think you need to do that. That's a survival thing. You need to kind of just figure out stuff quickly so it happens and it is what it is. But also, like, fuck those things, man. Like, I had a buddy, I have a buddy who's a lawyer, and maybe I'm kind of <laughs> forgetting the full context, but he said he would, like, not go to court, but when he had to, like, just go in to do some kind of bullshit, he would not go in in a suit, and then people would look at him and judge him, and he's like, good, I want that shit. I want to be, because I want to dunk on their ass when they fucking misjudge me. And it's like, yeah. That's the, that's the, it, yeah, it's just like the, the, we look at external and we make judgments, but fuck that. Like maybe we should be addressing what our judgments are when we're looking at external and like sifting through that. Cause it's like, yeah, it's just like, that's so, I just, I fully, I don't reject that we make judgments, but the like response to that is like, you should think about what you're saying. Does that mm -hmm. even make any fucking sense? Mm -hmm. Like it's, and who gives a fuck, man? Like there was once. I went and grabbed drinks with a coworker and her like fucking family member, and this was many many years ago. And we're sitting there, and she, and she was like, "Are you dating anybody?" This coworker, this family friend of a coworker. So I don't know this chick, and she was like, uh, "Are you dating anyone?" I was like, "No." And she was like, "Oh, you know, maybe if you sh shaved your face, you'd have someone." I was like, fuck "What you. the fuck are you yeah. talking about?" Like. That doesn't even make any sense. I yeah. mean, you know, obviously people like what they like, but that's such a strange. That didn't even one. You don't know me, so don't talk to me. Uh, that's we're not friends. <laughs> also, what? Like yeah. it was just so. I was I was like, about to get into an argument with like my coworker's family member because she said something stupid. Like yeah. it just was. That was so weird because it just. I think part of that is like as I'm beginning to understand what what. Like, where is the real value? And that real value is, like, in your yeah. inside. It's not on this external stuff. All of this is fucking... So when you say things like that, I'm like, oh, all you're looking at is this. It's like, you don't know anything about me, who I am, the type of person I am, and you're going to say that thing. And now maybe that is a barrier. You know, I think, like, if you dress nice, people are going to notice you, and I get it. Like, I like wearing nice clothes, or I like sort of showering, and that shit's important. But, like, just, yeah, it just became... It was so strange. But but then also I like the beard to some degree. It's like it's an act of defiance too of like, uh, you know what? I know you have these feelings, whoever, but fuck that shit. I don't care. Also, very strangely, everyone be like, you know, they're going to be weird at the airport. Nah, they're fucking great. I wear a shirt with Kelly Kapowski and we talk about Kelly Kapowski. I really thought like I think that's like what more terrorists should do between you and I is you should wear like look how you yeah. look and then just wear fucking Kelly Kapowski shirts. Yeah. And I've or never like a Tom Petty shirt and people like, hey, yes. <laughs> Anything like where I've had cool conversations as I look the way that I look and people like, you know, I guess would want to stop me, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But like, it's like that Kelly Kapowski shirt diffused everything. And then uh -huh. at some point now I'm 33 wearing the shirt of a girl who may or be, I don't know how old she is in this shirt, but yeah, she's like probably too young for me to wear like a, th <laughs> you know, I'm like she's probably 18 or 19. I'm yeah. 33 and now it's starting to get a little, yes, yes. now it's starting to get a little weird, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, that was a great like fucking diffuser, man. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to your... The quick story you told about like their, your lawyer buddy who would like wear sweats when he would go in. Yeah. Um, I love that idea so much because I remember having a conversation with, and I still feel this way. I remember having a conversation with a college buddy who was getting tattoos. I'm not 
I would get tattoos. I'm not against them, but um, I never felt like I wanted to get any. And especially like, at that time, I was like, nah. And he was like, I want to get tattoos because I want to be like, um, I want people to see me and see like me all tat- tatted up and do this. And like, then I can dunk on them by like being really good at my job um, and like being super organized and all that. I was like, I get that. I get that. My thought was always the opposite of like, I want to look super normal, clean cut, normal, whatever fucking white guy. Yeah. And then I go do improv and this art shit and I just like explode. And like, I didn't expect that from that dude. So I kind of wanted to look the opposite to do the opposite. Like you see maybe whatever tattoo guy, he has like puzzle pieces on his arm and it's like art and music and stuff. Like, oh, he's probably an artist. And I guess I wanted the opposite. I went like, oh, that guy's probably a fucking tax accountant. Ah. And then I... I write this fucking crazy thing, comedy, art, all these things. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of a rejection of what you think people think of you. Mm-hmm. I sometimes wonder about that. That's like, yeah, I do that with um, being like the only Indian person at shows a lot of the time. Yeah. There's a part of me that's like, I wonder, like that's, I think I've told you, but that's why I don't ever like try to use what I look like. Cause I don't, I, yeah. I, I don't want, cause I think people maybe think I would do that. Like I don't yeah. ever address my gigantic beard. I don't ever address any of that shit on stage. It's like, unless someone else brings it up, I'm never gonna, even just, I'm never going to talk about what I look like yeah. in the physical. I'm going to like, I'll change my physicality, but I'm not going to pretend to be an Indian person yeah. on stage. And sometimes I wonder if I'm actually missing out on uh, an interesting thing that can be talked about like i did a i did a sketch with my friend thomas and we did uh, it was called my ai is racist and it was really just like mm-hmm. my ai like assuming i wanted to do things because i'm indian and it's me yeah. trying to tell my my ai like yeah bro i'm just like a normal fucking person yeah. so there's like a lot of fun and fucking around with race i think and he also so the buddy i do those sketches with is white and he goes i'm not stepping anywhere in front of that camera you wrote it you get to say those crazy things because yeah. i was a voice of both or we had a robot voice like pretty like not racist but like enough like like if someone microaggression type thing yeah, yeah we're like you just like oh bro like most people would know not to say those things like yeah. it just assumed i wanted to watch like uh slumdog millionaire just like stupid <laughs> shit but okay. um but like i i yeah i want to not talk about this because i want to be this blank slate of a person yeah. but there is like you know there is an avenue where it can be talked about there's some power in yeah. there too and i do want to not forget that i'm indian yeah um, yeah i think that's uh i, I mean i don't have I don't have much much ground to stand on to talk about race, but um, I but, think but that's do it, but, but do it anyway. But do, okay, uh, I think I think both are your superpower, kind of. Yeah. Um, by being able to talk about race and your experience gives you gives you a a um, a, a look that a like a what am I trying to say? Um, the way you walk through the world isn't the way everyone else walks through the world. Yeah. Um, so your experience needs to be heard and talked about and known and at the same time that's not all you are you're so much else and by you by you just being who you are and not being some uh, an Indian character in every scene or whatever just like leaning on that using that I think it it makes you a more I think it makes you a better performer because then you're just like I am character and then you can build a character instead of like I am Indian character this. I am Indian character this. I am Indian character this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's think, not even fun. That's not yeah. fun for me, man. Yeah. Like, and maybe that's just not my how my brain yeah. like even thinks. But it's like I would much rather be just anything. I want to yeah. be everything. I don't want to just be this. I don't. You know, I'm sure I could. Like, 
in an improv show, I've never made a joke about like terrorism. Yeah. Like, or, you know, or like, have you ever been in a bad improv show where someone did? Hopefully not. Hopefully you I don't think so. Lucky. Okay, good. But I mean, you know, I'll like have conversations with like my teammates on the side where like there's this one teammate of mine where we would like say kind of fucked up racist jokes to each other like legitimately right before we went on stage. Like we yeah. were saying like pretty terrible things to each other. <laughs> but it was a fun little game we played with each other and it was how we warmed up and he was not an Indian man. He was a white dude. Yeah. And it was fun and it was just for me and him. And then sometimes I was like, man, we gotta not do this because we're about to take this shit onto stage and one of us is gonna yeah. say something fucking crazy. But yeah. part of it is like, I'm pretty sure I could get a pretty cool laugh. I'm pretty sure people would laugh. It's like, oh yes, he does look like that. What no. we, what our fucking brains and television have yeah. told us is a terrorist and he does look like that. And I was like, I could get that shit. No problemo. But I don't want to do that. Now I'm thinking about doing, I've been thinking about doing stand up for forever in my brain and I have jokes that I want to, you know, eventually do. It's like, so maybe in that space, I can use how I look to my, I think that maybe is a little different where it's like, I, I have some interesting life experiences that are mm-hmm. very related to my color that I think are important because I'm trying to tell like, that almost feels like it's, for me, yeah, stand up almost feels like I'm trying to tell you who I am. Yeah. Whereas improv's like, I am trying to tell you who I am, but I'm like, we're trying to tell characters. We're trying to create something together instead of like, I'm trying to tell you who I am. Yeah. That's so, the way I look at improv. Yeah. Least. Yeah. And so with stand up, it's like, or if I, you know, ever go up and do that, it's like, I think that's where the, some of the race stuff can be utilized correctly from where I can talk about who I, what I look like and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, I, I like the just feeling like I can be a blank slate. Like, isn't it just way more interesting? It's yeah. harder. It's like way fucking harder to have to come up with new characters and to be yeah. this. I think it, it feels so much more more freeing, especially like in, in improv, however you look, it doesn't matter because you can be, I could be the freaking queen of England in one sketch. I'm not old, nor am I a woman, but yeah. I I can kind of do that. And like, it's accepted with all of us. Like, okay, that's the queen of England. You're going to be whatever. It's just, you're everyone's so free to be whatever, which is why I think it, I like it more than acting because acting you are, you are what you look like to an extent, unless you get to like, I don't know, a certain level of success where like, I want to do this character. I want to do this. And, or unless you make your own, make your own work. But, um, yeah. And acting, you are kind of what you look like. And if you're lucky, if what you look like is the stuff you want to do, um, whereas improv, you're always, you're always someone new and creating, you're co-creating who you are. Yeah. I'm going to take a peek. Would you mind holding that thought? Really sure, quick? Sure, sure. Yeah. Cool. I'll be back. I'm going to leave it running. You can, Say or not say things into the microphone. Do some sponsors. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Blue Apron coming (laughs) in. Sport Clips, if you're listening, I am really sorry for what he said. Now, maybe you should let a man watch sports if he wants to watch sports instead of not letting him watch sports. I'm not sorry. Listen, Sports Clips, we got got issues because um, here's here's why I'm angry at Sports Clips. We're going to turn this into a, a, a... a section of the podcast yeah. now. Here's why I'm angry at sports. What clips. gets your goal, Miles? What gets my goal? Here's what gets my goal. I go to fucking sports clips and I ask him. Okay, here's what I say. I say I want to fade. I want to fade on both sides and then just kind of keep it a little bit longer on top, but like short on both sides, clean up around my neck and ears. She says, "Mm-hmm," and then looks at her little paper. I haven't been there in four years, so whatever it says on that little fucking paper that they say saved is what idiot motherfucking miles wanted four years ago which is not what i want you went back to the same lady i went back to the same sports clips and sports clips everywhere saves what you said on a one little piece of paper that they pass around and so she printed out that little piece of paper little piece of paper is like he wants this so she looks at me and what i said goes "Mm -hmm," (laughs) mm-hmm and then looks down the paper is like i'm gonna do that (laughs) she gives me the little piece of paper haircut i leave after 30 minutes i'm like 
fuck. She gave me a little piece of paper haircut. I didn't even get the haircut that I asked her that I talked to her for. She looked at my face and she went, mm-hmm, and then didn't even do it. So you know what? I tipped her. I tipped her, and I shouldn't have. When did you know that you? When did I you was know? five minutes in that cut, and I knew I was not getting the cut. I said I was getting a little paper haircut. Why did you stop her? Guys, I'm, I'm I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid to hurt her feelings and say this is bad, and you don't give me what I want. I just. I couldn't stand up for myself in that moment. It's a weird, intimate relationship that we have with our... How many things are that close to you on a day-to-day basis? Like, they're, like, in your... There was once I went to... uh, Where did I go? I went to a Great Clips, and the woman who cut my hair had enormous boobs. And they were so big that she couldn't... She had to stand... In the normal distance to cut my hair, her boobs were on the back of my body. They Damn. were gigantic. Damn. It was good. I should, I didn't go back, but it was like the most interesting. The haircut, I'm not a fan of the haircut because I don't think she, I think she gave me the paper. She gave me your paper, yeah. piece of paper haircut. They're giving you those paper cuts. They're not listening to you. Like, they will give you paper cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in there and she paper cutted me. <laughs> I left with a paper cut. <laughs> I went to another place where uh, it was a school where people were learning how to cut hair mm. and it was like $5. Those can sometimes be good because the teachers will do it. Yeah. This was a student, and she cut her finger somewhere in the middle of the haircut, and so was bleeding. I don't know if she bled on me, but rough. Yeah. Jeez. How'd you know? Was there blood on you? She left for about 10 minutes, and then she came back later, and then she finished my haircut. Like and then she said, I, on her hand? <laughs> just every hand was, <laughs> uh, I, I will, I'll finish, I promise. She was cutting with her mouth. Oh, just had her geez. mouth is on the thing. Yeah. Man, that's uh, that's weird. What, I, I heard you're great at getting head. <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why did she ask you what haircut you wanted then if she... I think that's just maybe standard procedure or maybe I initiate it because I know... I think in the back of my head I know they have that piece of paper because I've done it before yeah. and it's worked out before because I was like, I want my usual whatever. But I knew I wanted something different because I knew I had headshots coming up. I don't want the same style. I'm sick of like them doing a one at the like top right side of my head and just going all the way down. I didn't want that undercut thing anymore. I knew I wanted a different style. So then I showed her a picture. She looked at me. She looked at the picture. She looked back at me. Mm-hmm. And then went to that piece of paper because she felt safe in it. She needs to take one of a. She needs to go to improv class. Because I she imagine does. if she went to improv class and then learned how to listen to people and sort of, you know, like feed and respond to what they said, I'm sure you would have gotten yeah, your fade yeah, haircut. Yeah. I've, what I should have said is like, hey, I know what's on that piece of paper. I don't want that. Throw that away. Throw it away. Why don't we say the things that we should be I saying? Don't know. Why do we only keep... in hindsight do we know what we should have said? So I feel like we, but you know what you should have said when you were there because you said five minutes in. Why do we I not did. say the things? I, I I wonder sometimes always, and you know, like it's a. Uh, I guess because it's my is just like what we were talking about a minute ago. I I guess part of me is like it's just my hair, it'll be fine. Yeah. It's not um, that serious. I'll fig- I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. It grows back. You're still handsome, regardless. Still, of- I feel I'm like you still have. Beautiful. Yeah, I think like you have a you have the benefit of like uh, you know there's your hair could there, a lot yeah. of things can happen with your hair, but you got it going on. You yeah, got nice, nice. I've got I've got you got nice eyes. I've got nice eyes. My eyes do a lot of the work, and I'm I'm okay looking. Remember but- what we said about actors being really into themselves. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. No, I'm a beautiful man, yeah, and I get it. it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just my hair that I guess bothers me sometimes, and I'm like, eh. I'll figure it out someday, or I won't. Whatever. Yeah, that's good. That's a quote that I 
I feel like I figured out myself. And then like months later, my dad said, I'm like, oh my God, did I get that from my dad? The quote is like, it's either I or they'll, they'll figure it out or they won't. Um, which I think is great advice. I'm pretty sure, and I'm not going to talk shit about your father, sure. but I'm pretty sure your father was not the one that made that what you just set up. I'm sure it exists. Sure, but I've never heard anyone else say that as right. a regular thing because I think I often think that where I'm like, if someone's like doing something, you're like, ah, they'll figure it out or they won't. And I think the, the point of it for me of that saying is like, they'll figure it out and they'll be fine or they won't and they'll still be fine. Yeah, and I th- that so that's that's, I think, part of the... That is what, as I start to grow into myself, just like people are just going to adjust, man. And if they don't, then whatever. I got to keep moving. Like, I really don't like I have this like internal conversation slash like yelling in my brain of like, I don't give a fuck what you think. And I really, you know, and that's and that that happened. That's me rejecting maybe how I thought I used to act. Um, But really, it's more just like I just got to keep it moving, man. I got to do what I need to do. I can't like be bombarded by what I either perceive are other people's perceptions or genuinely are other people's perceptions that are not valuable. Mm -hmm. Like they're just in my fucking way. I think it's counterintuitive, but I think that actually allows you to be more generous and loving to people because you don't care what you don't care what they think about you or themselves or whatever you, it, it doesn't affect you. And because it doesn't really affect your life or matter or doesn't, change what you're going to do, you're able to be kinder because you can genuinely want people to succeed and genuinely want to help them yeah. because whether they succeed or not, your life is going to be the same because you're going to do your shit. Yeah. And it definitely like, yeah, I don't give a fuck is not like I'm going to do whatever I want without caring about what my parents would yeah, think. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It's it's like, I just need to, it's just a reminder yeah. for myself to be like, you got to just kind of do what you need yeah. to do in this moment. Like whatever you yeah. decision you made is fine and it'll be okay yeah. and we'll adjust because i think if you can if you can be at peace with what you're doing and what others are doing you can you can just i, I guess if you, if you can be at peace with what you're doing then it's easier to be at peace with what others are doing yeah 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 you're i think that's what i'm i think that's what i'm trying to say I think I so. Know. Internal satisfaction with yeah. yourself. Because, yeah, if you're upset about other things, like my dad actually described it today. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, he said, like, sometimes you, like, your knee hurts, but you feel it in your butt. And what he was trying to say is, like, you're uh, frustrated about something in your life, but you put it out on other people. And the yeah. problem is not, like, you're not the problem. I'm yelling at you. But the problem you is... You are yelling at me. I am yelling at you. <laughs> And, and, but the problem is not, you are not the problem. There's some bullshit at home that I need to figure out. It's I'm just don't feel good. I slept like shit, whatever it is. That's the, the, that's the, the pain in my knee. And you are the, unfortunately the butt that's yeah. fucking getting it. And it's like, that is, that is, yeah. It's figure your own shit out, man. Like that's like the, that's the, that's the whole shit I'm on right now. And have been yeah. on for a while, which is like, which is sometimes why I like this, the, the political arguments and all this other stuff that we like are magnified through whatever they're magnified through it's like that all to me seems like bullshit like that's all like it's whatever important all that shit but Mm -hmm. like it's like why don't we just spend some time like self-reflecting on ourselves like why why, like if what if if we all genuinely took a second to like check in here 
How am I doing? How am I feeling? What the fuck is going on? What the fuck is happening inside? Then maybe we can, like, take a second from, like, screaming that, like, weird Republican, Democrat, all this other bullshit, whatever it is, like, you know, those, or causes that are important or not important or whatever it is. It's like, just take a second to just check in and be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Am I cool, dude? Like, do I need to, like, just kind of lock away and just kind of think about stuff and just fucking, you know, without getting too weird and heady, but maybe that's important, but just like check in dude. And like, yeah, fucking figure out where that pain's coming from, man. And like, maybe you do it through people, through friends, through good people who can help you sort of figure that shit out. But like, that's, I think where the real, real fucking change and stuff happens. And we kind of know that. I feel like we know that shit. Like religions sort of like at the core, I think are talking about that. Like the, the go inward, man, fucking that's where the change happens because it manifests into the external. Yeah. And when you're trying to, like, put energy external and put things out there without, like, setting your foundation or, like, setting your, your inside or, like, being aware of it, yeah. then whatever you're putting out there isn't, isn't maybe what you intend or isn't um, genuine. Yeah. You're doing it because you're trying to, like, control. I think control is, the, is um, one of the biggest lies you can believe because, like, the only thing you truly have control over is yourself. Yeah. So at trying to control anything else is just a waste of your energy and it's going to not go well. So you have to, you have to let it go. And I know I, I, whenever I have this, um, whenever I'm having this motivational pickup talk with anyone, I'm always like, and I understand that's hard. That's not, I'm saying, and it sounds like just let it go, just do it. And I understand that's work and it's hard and you have to like change the way you talk to yourself or yeah. change who talks to you about what and whose advice you take. I understand that's hard work. But I feel like it's necessary. You have to do that work in order to to not, unless you want to live anxious and upset and ingenuine for a good portion, maybe all of your life. I think it's it's necessary. It's imperative that you do it, or you're gonna be you're gonna be unfulfilled. Yeah, um, because you're gonna you're gonna need the world to be a some to be some way that it can't be. Yeah, because the world will never be the perfect way you see it well it's just gonna yeah the world just it'll gonna. never be the worst way you see it it'll never be the best way you see it you yeah. have to be you have to be accepting with better than the worst and less than the less than perfect yeah the world just kind of like keeps moving you just like yeah, yeah you can't shift it you know that this he said something about like a disingenuous life or some shit and i was like man it's like what a as i started to understand what is real for me like the thought of living disingenuously seems it makes me feel not good and i'm you know in those and i see those moments at times and i'm still still sifting through all of that stuff so when i see it myself it doesn't feel good and i want to wipe more and more of when i'm being disingenuous or in you know even talking to people who i perceive are disingenuous it's like i need to I've been really trying to figure out how to tighten up my circle. Yeah. What do I need around me from people and things to... To have the life that I want to have um, and do the do the things or be the person that I want to be. Amongst the, you know, the chaos that is, like, life, you know? Yeah. Like, this shit's, like, you know, it is... It's a Buddhist thing. Like, life is suffering. It is a, it is a thing. Like, life is full of sad shit. It's full of beautiful shit. It's all there. What can I do to... Stay fucking headstrong, you know, like, um, like during the, uh, uh, last year during the, I've talked to Hope about this, but during the George Floyd, like protest, like there was Mm -hmm. like this 72 hour moment where I just like felt like I was spinning and I'm not trying, you know, this is not to say like my life was terrible, but just like I was watching so much news in that small, and I tried to not watch news a lot because it's like 
with, I want to know things are going on, but it's like too much. But so I was just watching like Chicago news for like 48 straight hours, basically constantly and like constant negative. Yes. And my brain is like, my brain straight was like, we're about to have like a full on like race war, like, but like, and even whatever that means in my bears, like basically motherfuckers just like shooting each other in the streets, chaos, like all there, like in the news, they showed like a guy standing on top of his convenience store with a gun protecting and i was like what the fuck are you even showing me but what i started to feel was internally spinning and spinning and spinning and that was happening for two or three days and i was like this is not valuable to anybody this is not helpful to me because i can't think straight this is not helpful to people who maybe need me as support or whatever that shit is and i'm taking a day off of work just kind of walking around in the streets it was beautiful that i could could take a day off you know but like Mm -hmm. just like walking around the streets just trying to figure out how to get my head straight and so it's like i can't be spinning in the chaos that is the fucking whatever like and it's like it's, it seemed like it was not, it was like externally, the chaos was given to me externally, yeah. you know, those events happened and the, the reactions and all that stuff happened, but the overwhelming news stuff or just watching like just constant was not good. It's like, how can I, not, how can I avoid that spin? How can I fucking just, yeah. yeah, keep it tight, man. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of a, of a Jack Ma quote. He's the CEO of Alibaba. Um, he said, he's like, I'm. I'm a billionaire there, you know, there's things that I can do to like help global warming, help homelessness, how like I, I can, I can focus on big problems. Cause like my smaller problems are taken care of. It's like people who like people who aren't as wealthy or like whatever have like other problems, like you know, worry, worry about your stuff that you can handle and do something about. I don't, don't worry about, I don't know if he said like, don't worry about homelessness or don't do about, do anything about oh, that, I but like, don't. I just say, yeah, just like handle, handle your stuff and like handle your stuff and grow. And if you get to a point where like you have a million dollars, millions of dollars, billions of dollars, whatever, like then, you know, pass it on because that's the right thing to do because, uh, you know, the world and humanity deserves to have a better quality of life. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't watch much, much news, not really out, out of choice. I don't watch much TV in general. But my thought is like how, and with the, with the improv and all the stuff I do is like, how can I inject so much joy into the world? And I think what, what made me feel better, I mean, it's not about me feeling better. I don't want to say what it is, but what made me feel better about my part in all the, um, the George Floyd stuff is like someone said that, uh, um, black joy is a form of protest. I'm like, great. Then that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to. Any of my friends who are not white, whatever, I want to give them as much joy as I possibly can in their life. Because mm. um, I, I know that's not something I'm good at and something I can do. I can be supportive and like, let me be supportive of them in giving them so much joy whenever they're around me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's hard, it's hard for me to say to someone like, hey, don't, don't worry about homelessness. Don't do anything about that. Forget about it. Pretend it's not happening. But I think to an extent of like, you know, handle your stuff. If you, if you're in trouble paying rent, like I, I, I don't know anyone specific on Instagram, but I'm sure there's people who like have trouble paying rent or making money. And they're like trying to fight for sex workers and stuff like that. I'm like, your cause is great. Definitely. And worthy, but you can't pay rent. Like maybe, maybe focus on that problem a little bit more. And you know, as you can, help help this yeah, there's yeah, yeah. someone out there hopefully hopefully that is um 
in a better place financially or physically, emotionally, that is that can do that work too. But if, if you can't take care of yourself, you yeah. can't give anything to the world. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a good quote. I think if you can't take care of yourself, you can't give anything. Another one your dad stole from someone else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's a, yeah, I think that's, that, that self-reflection thing, it's like, yeah, spend some time with yourself, man. Figure out, like, just figure out where you're at, dude. Yeah. Get your priorities yeah. fucking tightened up. I haven't thought of a good way to not make it sound selfish, but, like, really, you gotta, you gotta, you have to focus on yourself and trust that you're, I, I, I think a lot of a lot of people I hang out, luckily, they assume that they're good people on the inside and yeah. they trust that they are. But I think if if you're someone that doesn't trust that you're a good person on the inside, I would challenge you to trust that you actually are a good person on the inside. And if you are selfish a little bit and like take care of the stuff that you want to take care of and stop pretending to be a good person. Yeah. And just like take care of your own shit. Trust that once you're taking care of yourself and you're good that that goodness will come out because you'll you'll have more capacity to help others. Yeah, that what you said is like I think so many times like do you do you really care like when people have whatever like emotional feelings about something like do you actually fucking care or mm-hmm. are you just like saying this because it feels like what you're supposed to say like uh like the baby was just taken off of like Lollapalooza, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who the baby is. But I know the name. Okay, so the baby is a rapper, okay. and the baby at uh, like a week before Lala was at um, some Miami fest, like music festival, and said some pretty like some weird things about homosexuality, like at in his concert. Where it's like it okay. didn't even make like sense in the context of why he was talking. But anyways, yeah. he said the things he said, and then Lollapalooza uh, took him off. Yeah, took away his space, right? So it's like, okay, so we're making this decision to take this man off, but like his lyrics, which is you rap out whatever you want to rap out, but his whole lyrics were like, "I'm a fuck chicks and I'm a bang them and I'm a fuck them and I'm a fuck them." And it, his music's actually really interesting. Like it's it, or, the beats are fucking great. <laughs> like it's very enjoyable. Like they all sound very similar, but it, he raps good on these beats and they sound fuck. They sound so yeah. good. So like, so we were okay with this dude who's talking about just like fucking yeah. chicks all the time, which is fine. Yeah, but he says this because of the wave of like you know this, um, which is a positive thing. This support of like, you know, LGBTQ. Oh, yeah, that plus, community. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We should support that. But it's like, do you really? You're just taking him off. Like, would you have taken him off of the lineup two years ago because of this comment? I don't fucking know. And I think yeah. he still got money. So then, who? What? Who cares? Yeah. And he's. It just it it. It just some of that stuff feels like these like half measures, and like yeah. they replaced him with like other musicians who are just as bad. I don't even know if just as bad is the right word, but it just, it just felt like not, I don't know what you do. I guess it didn't feel like a genuine, like he, it just, it felt like it was a choice made on the wave. Like, yeah. Versus do you really, I don't know, man. It was just, it's something like Lollapalooza doesn't want to look bad. So they do something about it. I guess. And maybe they had to, you know, I don't know what it's, you know, I don't know what the fuck it's like to run a large, but it just didn't feel like a genuine thing, man. It just felt like they were riding the wave of this, like, because after he said those comments in Miami, which really shouldn't have been said, like, you know, little Nas X and Elton John and all these other artists are like, how dare you say that shit? And I think there's a real conversation that can be had from his comments. I think like those words said in a public space, should be addressed because one, why did you say them? There was like, he said some weird shit about like, 
people like guys sucking guys dick. I don't even want to misquote the weird thing he said. It was like guys sucking guys dick with AIDS or some stupid, really like strange. So it's like, all right, huh. so there's a conversation that needs to be had with yeah. him about what do you understand about the like homosexual lifestyle yeah. or like what, like maybe there's some conversations that need to be had. Yeah. So it's something that should be addressed, but like, huh. take, you know, taking them off a lineup, I guess they yeah. feel like that was the right thing, but it's like, these are just like half measures, man. Like, yeah. We have real problems, man. Like, yeah. we're fucking using iPhones to start revolutions, but iPhones are, like, fucking a problem. And yeah. the shoes that we wear, the Nikes and whatever, come from the fucking... They, I don't know if they still use sweatshops. They used to. And, like... Yeah. They, they... Yeah, they just feel like we're confused and we're trying to make something happen when it's like... There are real conversations that need to be had to address the deep-rooted racism the deep-rooted feelings about understanding what sexuality is that we haven't that aren't being done and they're being done on these large scales and it's like really we need to yeah they, they, yeah it's it's tough when it's like groups of people talking to groups of people because God. that communication just like i remember going back to improv a little bit i remember like having a whole like several weeks of training on like a three-person scene because there's like a whole nother thing to weigh Imagine like a group of people talking to a group of people when like even people within that group have different beliefs. Um, I don't even know if like if we're talking about politics, I don't even think the people that are saying, I don't think they believe any of the things that are coming out of their mouths. Like mm -hmm. if you put that person in a, in a fucking blue outfit instead of a red outfit, I'm sure they'd switch their tone because they know like, yeah, that's a disingenuousness that like yeah. there's just, it's even sometimes hard to describe even with that baby thing. I'm like something about this just feels disingenuous and I don't understand what that feeling is. And like, yeah, it's hard. I don't like, yeah, that's why I much, so much more prefer yeah. this, man. I haven't, I haven't resolved how I feel about that yet because like on one side, I, um, I, I like that, um, morality has comes before money now. I like that that is kind of a shift. Like your values are more important than just the money of it. I like that. Um, but what I guess I don't understand is it's kind of a, it, literally from, have you seen Bo Burnham's Inside, his new special? Uh, some of it. Okay. He has one song or really a like stand-up middle bit where he talks about like, why is Lollapalooza or I'll use a different example. Like why does Wheat Thins care about um, the AIDS epidemic of like, why, like, why all of a sudden do businesses, yeah, have to have to care? It doesn't make sense that like now we care what Oreo thinks about gay people. Yes, like that's a yes. That's not even that's not a that's a business. That's not even yeah. like a a person. We're yes, we're asking for human thoughts from a thing. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I guess, the thing is, a, again, I'm not resolved on this, but, like, the, again, the thing is a group of people, but, like, a group of people has, they all have different beliefs and different yeah. things, so we're expecting, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Why do we even need fucking, what well, one, like, when the NFL is, like, yeah, that a commercial, but we support our LGBT community, it's like, you don't give a fuck, bro, like, yeah. about shit, man, as long as it, like, as long as you're top dollar and or, I don't like, care may, I'm speaking just for me and maybe more people like I don't care what the NFL thinks about why gay do we, people yes why just do we need facilitate football for us to watch on TV why do we need, and don't say shit about anything yes but they say oh, man it's like why do we yeah why do we need those people to tell us stuff like the like and then we know more it's like we know they're just doing it because it's 
gay pride week and so they're doing their logo is now a flag it's like we don't see through this we don't see through the veil feel like that with politics we don't see that they're just saying stuff because they're saying stuff it's like i've now seen behind the curtain a little bit i think i have maybe i'm wrong you know but like i feel like i've seen behind the curtain and now i know that you're just constantly everybody is bullshitting me always all the time yeah and so i'm supposed to now like not I'm supposed to unsee the bullshit. I've seen it. I can't. And I'm supposed to like when you have information, you're supposed to act on the knowledge of that information. I'm not an idiot. And that's what we're taught or we're supposed to be taught. Mm -hmm. When you're given information, you're supposed to act upon it. But I'm being told I need to ignore that stuff. Like, yeah. And I think again, on the other side of like, I'm I like the idea that morality is now important than money is now more important than money. So I think it's important that whoever you are, whatever group you're a part of, you should be acting, um, your morals should be more important than making a paycheck. Yeah. I guess what the difference is then with what you were saying is like, are they acting morally or is it still about money? Because they're like, oh, they just yelled at us. We don't want to get in trouble. So let's say this so that we don't get in trouble um, and have to whatever. I still kind of, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's interesting you say that because I feel like at least with larger corporations, it's money is still always at the top. Like morals are not like, yeah. just not who acts. We're, we're expected as individuals to act morally and that's the way to operate. But our governments don't do that. They're fucking blowing up people constantly. And so that seems pretty weird. Yeah. Like they've, we've been lied to for 20 plus years on what's happening in Afghanistan through multiple different administrations yeah. and none of that was moral and it was all known and yeah. now I'm supposed to act morally when all you've done for years is lie to our face and kill people yeah. like you don't act morally like what like, yeah that's there's a disconnect man so there's that's part, like part of where I feel like I just need to fucking retract and I just can talk to my friends yeah. and I want to know about stuff but it's like that's where I feel like the real everyone yeah. every, it all feels like a lie yeah. man and like Yes, there should be consequences. If you say weird things about stuff, you should be fucking. There should be an. There should be an action. There yeah. should be. I get it. Like I. That's true. But like, man, there's like a hundred artists, bro. You don't think like one? You didn't know the stuff that he said already, so you were fine with all of that. That and I was fine with it too because I get yeah. it. It's music and it's art yeah. and it's not fucking. You know. But like, just doesn't just fucking be like, man. Just be genuine, dude. Yeah. Like I know what that feels like, and it's. I don't like any yeah. of the. The fakeness, man, like... Yeah. I think, like, a, a broader idea, I guess, with this is, like, how uh, how should how should groups... How should groups of people acting as a single entity act? How should that single entity um, comprised of a group of people, how does... How does that act? Like a... Like, how... Like, you're, like, how does, like, Oreo act or something? Yeah, like, how should, what's the right, what's the right thing? We make cookies with so much sugar that they're not good for you. So you should have them every now and then. They're delicious. We should all have treats. But just so you know, like, if you eat too many of these, you will die because you're going to get horrible, horrible diabetes. So don't eat too many of these, but eat some of them. And then don't ask us about our political feelings because we're a large corporation and our main goal is money. We just make cookies. We just make yeah. fucking cookies, man. And yeah. like, look, we, I think that, yeah. we support everything. Like, it's not just in this month that we put support homosexual people. Like, we support them always or the LGBT yeah. community. We support or, making cookies. That's man, it. like, that's what we do. Do you want to eat our cookies or not? Yeah. And if you don't, that's fine. That, might, that honestly might be the 
the best way for them to act. If like someone's like, Oreo didn't support my whatever, and Oreo just responds to like, we make cookies. Why do we need we we get mad when our politicians don't say something about a tragedy and they say, oh my thought, like I I feel terrible. My about, thoughts and prayers. To why them. do I need them to say anything to me? I don't look to you for guidance, man. I look to like other like what like. Real motherfuckers, man. I look to my friends and my family. Like, I don't need a statement from some fucking random person or some yeah. stupid fucking company. Yeah. Like, doesn't make I mean, me feel better, yeah. man. I mean, when you think about it, if if when you think about it, if they're in, like, Washington, D.C., all these politicians, some think horrible happens in California. Yeah, it's like a politician in, like, a small community or whatever. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, Something happened to these people over here, and we expect someone on someone thousands of miles away to say something about it. Like that person wasn't even a part of it. It's we don't, you know. We, this is I'm going to say a religious thing, and I'm I'm. We don't understand, like, that we are gods in our own right, man. We're looking for gods. We're looking for, and we're looking for like. Yeah, we're looking for gods, and that's uh, dangerous, I think. Yeah. Like, because then you're going to get false fucking idols, man. And, like, the gods should be, like... And we're looking for a flawless, large being to... And so we put these... Yeah, we say our government... We do we do that with our these governments. companies are... We're trying to make companies. these companies our gods. Even large religious institutions, which are flawed because they act just like fucking... There are too many people acting on... Pretending to act under this one banner. And it's like, that's that's dangerous, man. And, like, I want to understand that that shit's in us and me and you, and it's not these <laughs> external things. And even, even to some degree, like, even thinking of my... I think we all know, like, you know, if you think of your parents as all-knowing gods, that, 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 that there's... There's beauty in that, and I treat my parents like I want to treat my parents like that. But there's also danger in that because mm -hmm. they are imperfect and they don't know you. Like, not that they, my parents know me very well. Like my mom, like they say things sometimes that I forget that they've been looking at me forever. Like my, my buddy told me, like uh, there are times when I was living at home and like just after college, I would come home and like I'd be kind of intoxicated, but I wouldn't like give my mom a hug because I didn't want her to like. Smell it or, smell it or yeah. whatever. And, and then the next day she was like, oh, you didn't hug me last night. Like, was everything okay? And I was like, oh, it was fine. I was like, how the fuck does she know that shit? But, and, and just like sometimes she'll just like, my dad will be like, you good? It's like, how the fuck do you know? Like, I've been kind of stressed out. And, yeah. and Or like recently I was talking to him on the phone. He goes, you sound like you're in a good mood today. And I was like, have I been in a bad mood? He goes, you've been pretty stressed. I was like, fuck, you're right, dude. Yeah. And so like they've seen me forever. So they know these things. They know subtle cues. Like I've... No one's looked at me like that. My parents yeah. have looked at me in my fucking eyes since I was a baby, you know, so they know me really well. But if I hold them to this imperfect place... Or to this perfect place. to this per Yeah, sorry, to the, thank you. To this perfect place, that's that's risky because they are not... Because you're going to be let down, yes. inevitably. Yes, and I'm living in, in I'm living their life, and they don't, want, they don't want that, I don't want that, and so, like, if I'm not going to make my parents my gods, I'm definitely not going to make some stupid fucking corporation. <laughs> I'm not going to make Wheat Thins my god, dude. I don't even really like them that much. You put a little bit of cheese on a Wheat Thin, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, like, so, so... What the fuck? This episode sponsored by Wheat Thins. <laughs> <laughs> make us your god. Put some cheese on us. Like, if I'm not going to do that to my parents, people who probably deserve that more than anybody in my life, yeah, not going to do that to anybody else. And like, but what? Well, that's what we're looking for. And I yeah. think the mis the danger that's like we got to fucking find it in ourselves, man. And like, 
I've been doing like reading like spiritual stuff over the last few years. And it's like, all it's helped me understand is like, it's here, baby. Like you read it, you understand it. You like watch the moves of whatever gods they're talking about, but they're not talking about gods, man. They're talking about like how elements of you potentially. And that's the, I think that's maybe even a dangerous thing when you start to realize I don't need, I don't need your guidance, man. Like, cause I don't think you know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, and I can't even, they don't now, you know, it's probably very difficult to be in politics when you're, um, ma- managing 300 million people and you're being paid by corporations to act on behalf of them and you like to kill people in other countries even <laughs> though you say you like to take care of people and all that all that stuff you know I'm sure it's very difficult but yeah. like because everyone's trying to everyone's looking at you like to be a god and yeah. you can't be one and, and it's probably a weird place where you're not like they're not being genuine man like there's no way they're like it's like an impossible position to be a genuine individual because you're acting on behalf of other people, but people you don't really know, like they're not your friends, you're fucking like, they're just fucking people you're supposed to support, and what happens if you change your views? You can't, and so like, I don't want to look at those people like that, man, because it's not, in- it's like, yeah, fuck that, man. I want to like become my own god, dude. Yeah, I think that's the, that's a good takeaway, become your own god. Yeah, I think so, dude, like, and that's like the, it's sort of like, the, I've sort of, I, I don't know if you were, were you raised religious? No. Not at all. My parents were very were raised very religious, so they didn't um, force it on my sister and I. Ah, interesting. I went to youth group a little bit, and my sister was more into it than I was. But uh, no, not raised. I may, I maybe been to church maybe five or six times in my life. Yeah, yeah. We were like uh, with us like Hinduism um, is like a very cultural thing. Um, there's like a cultural element to it where like. Yeah, I was raised Hindu, but it was just kind of like a, it was like a, yeah, it was like a blend between the, the culture and the religion were all kind of like ingrained. So that's yeah. why like in conversation I've had with my folks about like, uh, thinking about like if I ever left the religion, why it'd be so bad. I think it's like, it's, it's almost a rejection of like the way you culture. Were, yeah. yeah. It's rejection of the culture, which I, we had to, and I wasn't even thinking about leaving the religion. I was just like, I'm, I'm born. I'm told I'm Hindu. What if I don't fucking want to be Hindu? What if I connect to any other religion? And yeah. so just trying to understand like why if I left that'd be such a terrible thing. And it was like yeah. it was it was that it was a rejection of the family, rejection of the more like it was a rejection of the culture, but more it's like a rejection of the the values that my family raised me with. It's how it would be seen. Um, yeah, and also like it was you know never like a it was never this like I didn't even have a lot of overly Hindu talks. Maybe as I've gotten older, I feel like my sometimes my my family will say like they'll talk about hinduism as this like ultimate thing and it's like okay i don't know i think you're trying yeah. to like make me i don't know i, I it's like strange I'm, i don't know if they because it's never been that for you well it never felt like that it just felt a little more heavy hand it has felt a little bit more heavy-handed over the years and i don't yeah. know what it is i mean you know i think it's a fine religion i'm pretty happy with who i've grown up with yeah and, and like, yeah, yeah i uh I, it's hard for me to relate to that because religion has been so disconnected from my upbringing that i i I can't understand it as being part of your culture. Ah, yeah. It just, it just like, it just like was, it just is a part of like everything that I did, which, you know, for me to maybe not even like, I just didn't understand that those were all elements of it. And uh, maybe, you know, it's yeah, just, uh, yeah, it was just, it just like was a part. Mm -hmm. It's hard to describe how it was separate, but like, I think over the last, maybe the five, six years, just kind of reading other religions and understanding, like trying to re- yeah, just like rebuild. replace yourself in the in the not not replace, but um, I just need to understand it for myself. Yeah, I think was really the question I was asking my folks about if I want to leave. It was just for me to understand, like, 
Because it went from like you were raised in this way and then it's like, oh, but I need to understand why I was raised. Mm -hmm. I need to understand why I'm doing the things that I'm doing, which ultimately leads me back to like actually appreciate my own religion more, appreciate like uh, Christianity more and all these other religions way more um, and as value versus just like I do this because I'm Hindu. It's like that's such a, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's I'm just marching on the orders of someone else. I need to understand what I'm fucking marching for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't say this because you're Indian. I say this because this is exactly what the movie's talking about, but Life of Pi, <laughs> when, like, when the kid, like, tries a bunch seen, of... You haven't, haven't seen it? No. It's a really good movie. But when the kid, like, tries, like, every different religion, and then the story is kind of... It's a fantastical story about, like, kind of every struggle he goes through also has to do with his search through each different religion. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember um, at one point he tells his kids, like, I'm Christian, I'm Buddhist, and, like, goes through all these different phases. So, um, I don't know, it was a cool exploration of all that. And he's on a boat with a tiger the whole time. The whole movie? The whole movie. And I I think the cool... I, I don't want to ruin it for you. I'm sorry. I do actually want to watch I think, like... So, I just watched Game of Thrones for the first time... Uh, all of them? Last October. Okay. All of them. What? You've seen every season? You've seen all oh, of them? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. In a, cool. in a whole month, I fucking blew through all of it. And then I watched it again a few months ago. And Jeez. I think I'm going to start it again. I fucking love it so yeah. much, dude. But, like, I think it was... It was I caught a... I watched all of them just in time to watch the season finale. Oh. Okay. Live. I, uh, like... It was really cool watching all of it and watching it in succession. I now that I go back, it's like I, it would have been really cool to watch it with the world. Like that seems like such an interesting yeah. thing, and, I, and like I think I needed to read about stuff and learn about stuff for me to appreciate it for its spiritual religious quality that I've now subscribed, uh, mm -hmm. subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the show. I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of giving it this like sort of religious, rel <laughs> uh oh, the lacrosse kicking in, the the religious feeling that it kind of gives me now, which uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it was just the right time. So I think maybe now is a time for me to watch the life. I don't know if I would have mm. connected to it in the way that I would now. Yeah, good movie, good movie. Yeah, Game of Thrones is good too. Um, did you? People have asked me this because I watched it all like in one shot like you did. Did you feel that the last two seasons were bad when you watched it straight through? No. I felt the same way. Yeah. Because I think people who watch it like week by week, they thought that the last two seasons were horrible. Yeah. Where like me watching it all in one shot, I was like, this is all the same. This it is felt fine. The last season felt, from a pacing perspective, the last season felt faster in the yes. way that they told the stories from some of the other seasons. Yes. So I remember while I watched it, I was like, the things are happening quicker than I, and I wasn't used to that pace because yeah. it's like slow. Quicker and bigger. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's all like two, like a lot was happening and for yeah. seven seasons or whatever, I'd been told that it's going to take a while. Yeah. Like there was a character who wasn't even in a season. Fucking yeah. brand story was. So yeah. in that... But everything kind of tracked, you know, like yeah. it, there was, it all sort of felt like it flowed. And yeah, I didn't have two years to think about what was going to happen and then be mad at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I thought it was. I think the, the only thing that I felt um, was lacking in the later seasons that I really loved about the early seasons is everything in the early seasons was like a near miss. And that's what like, there was like a near miss between two people and like communication or something happening. And then that would like kind of snowball into something a little bit worse happening and another near miss. Um, and like things were just a little like, li like the, what was the, like the first bad thing to happen is like, 
uh, Joffrey got bit by a dog, right? Yeah. And it's like that little thing snowballed into other little things and then people not liking each other and whatever. So I think it was it was cool how it was like little domino hits little bit bigger domino, hits a oh, little bit bigger domino. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, and then later seasons it felt like like someone said we're going to war and they tear down a city and then they, the, the, um, whatever people attack. And like, there was this big things were happening like every single step of the way where it was like, it felt like big domino after big domino were falling and it didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel like it was like built up to, and maybe we had already built up to it after all those seasons. Yeah. But it's um, interesting that maybe the, they lost a little bit of the way that they had the primed nuanced. us. Yeah. 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 Like I thought, I thought it was all fine. Yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely didn't like dislike it in the way that anyone, the, the, the normal people that watch yeah. it the way they did. But yeah, then yeah. there was a, felt like something changed. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Where they, I mean, when you get to a point where you have like, two dragons and like three armies and um i guess a little bit you've got to be um you've got to be making those those huge strokes yeah let me blow stuff up yeah i got two fucking dragons yeah like when that uh that dragon takes down whatever it's called um in a later episode when Daenerys comes with her dragon and just like the city kill them all yeah yeah yeah. and you're just like shit and then right after that there's some other huge thing and you go up to like the wall or whatever it is or um winter winterhold winterfell uh the wall or winterfell winterfell the battle there of like the other dragon coming up and you're like jesus this is like the biggest fucking thing oh, the defense ever. of winterfell yeah. yeah 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 yeah, anyway, yeah the biggest thing ever and like two huge things happens in like one or two episodes You're like shit yes yeah they didn't give uh the first season like the biggest thing that happens like someone gets bit by a dog and then like <laughs> that dog gets bit gets put down and then the king and his best friend are weird now and you're like yeah i think when you compare those two it's like, <laughs> Am start, I wrong though? No. Started with the dog bite, ended with the fucking dragon fight, yeah. dude. I yeah, that dog bite, that dog bite got Ned Stark killed. Yeah, that was the beginning of it. Spade new to your dogs. <laughs> this podcast uh, sponsored by The Price Is Right, <laughs> <laughs> the original, not the fucking Drew yes, Carey yes, version. Yes. What's um? Wh- did you go to grad school to like? Coming back around to get kicked out. Did you go there? What did you go there for? I went there because I, um, I wanted I want to make acting my job, and I looked at my resume. I'm like, I have no, I have very little theater experience. I have a whole lot of improv, and yeah, that overlaps and is applicable. But I've done one play and some scripted work, but sketches kind of like at least the way I like to do it is is lightly scripted and you can like, you know, the beats and you just kind of improvise around it. So I had done so little scripted work. I was like acting on, I need, I want acting to be my job. I've never really studied it. I feel like I should do that to feel like I was ready. And I had plenty of friends who were like, you don't need to go to grad school. I don't understand why you're going. You're ready. You should just be doing it. And I think for me, I needed to be confident in, um, I need to be confident that I could do it. And I think the two years there, I'm now confident after doing um, 
four plays in two years, I'm like, I can, I know what I'm doing. I'm, and you didn't think you could have gotten that just doing like auditions here and I think or taking I, like acting classes here or anything like that? I think I could have, but I think it was a good way. I remember watching a video about grad school before I went where the guy said like, you will never learn more than just doing it in the professional world. You will never learn more than just doing that. But if you want to learn a whole lot in a short amount of time, grad school is great. I'm like, that's what I want. I want to learn a whole lot in a short amount of time, do four plays in, or I was going to end up doing five plays in three years. Before you got kicked out. Before I got kicked out. (laughs) And I can put those on my resume and have great training and movement, voice, acting, they would set me up. I've had a, I'd have a showcase. I'd do Shakespeare that I've always wanted to do, and then I like showcase is a kind of nice little pedestal that they put you on, and agents are like, ah, we'll take him now. Um, so that was that was what I wanted to get, and I feel like I got that after two years. I feel confident that I can do this pretty well, and I'm now ready to learn all those things that you need to learn only in the professional world. Um, what else I was going to say earlier is, uh, oh, I, maybe I was going to say that I, I felt like I could do all the showcase stuff myself and submit my own things. And I'm hoping to, I just got my headshots back. I'm hoping to submit before next Friday. And then if I get an agent or anything, anytime before next April, I'm winning. Assuming that I would even get an agent through the showcase had I stayed in school, had I not been kicked out, um, I would have... Had I even got an agent then, um, if I get an agent any time before next April, I'm winning. Yeah. And I have, like, I'm going to submit now. I may get something. I may not. In two, three months, I'll submit again. I may get something. I may not. Two, three months, I can submit again. So I have, like, kind of four tries to get something. And any time before that, I think, is a win. And any auditions I can do through them or through anything else is or any projects I can make myself. There were just so many benefits to like, if I come back here, I have enough friends who are making things who well, I could maybe get paid to do. Um, I just felt like I had everything I needed to start my career. And this third year wasn't going to give me anything that I couldn't do. That I couldn't do my own. Do you have like a, yeah. Like what's that feel like now that you're, well, I guess you always kind of were, even before, yeah, you went to grad school because you kind of wanted to be an actor, right? Like, yeah. Or not kind of, you wanted to be yeah. an actor. Like, what's that feel like? Like, are you, are you nervous? Yeah, or yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. Yeah, I think the, what I was talking to my girlfriend about when I was trying to make the choice. Ooh, the knee toucher. Ooh. Um, I was talking because to her. she pokes your shoulder and she touches <laughs> your knee instead of your shoulder. Oh, yeah, I remember. Sound like uh, I was like making fun of her. Yeah, nah, she's just. I didn't really hear, hear what you said, and then the knee toucher. Knee toucher. Ah, I said my shoulder, baby. <laughs> um, I. What was your question? Uh, yeah, you scared. Oh, I like to. I was. I was on this when I was trying to. When I was making that choice, I was talking to my girlfriend about um, being nervous about it, and we just kind of talked about it, like this scary hard work need is going to happen. It's either going to happen now, or it's going to happen when I graduate in a year. Yeah. So. Whether I'm scared or not, this stuff is going to happen. Yeah. So that doesn't really matter. I guess do I then, I guess then if, if it's going to happen regardless, do I need to wait a year for it to happen? Because like at least the way I think about it to make myself feel better and about my potential success is like it's just a volume and time game of like I just need to be auditioning all the time 
can continue getting better and do it for an extended period of time at a high level. So let's start now and have a little bit more time um, life-wise to like get this going because I could be, hopefully, this will make me feel like it's a better choice if like in a year I'm further in my career than... Just like graduating. Than just graduating. What do you like, what do you want to do? Are you trying to do movies? Stage Um, stuff? Film and TV would be, that's like my long goal. I want to write... I'm going to write, produce, direct, and act in TV. Direct and producer maybe further out, but um, write and act are my two things. Like Bill Hader doing Barry, I'm like, that's the perfect job. I want to write. He did all that. That was his show. Yeah. show. He wrote. That show was so it. fucking interesting. Yeah. Because it was like, well, I don't, yeah, didn't expect that. And it was dark. And yeah. like, there was so, like, episodes ended like so dark man yeah. like people are dying and yeah. crazy shit is happening at the end of episodes and it wasn't even really like funny i mean to some yeah. like it was awesome there were moments that yeah. you're like yeah. but it was not a comedy that shit yeah. was like it was very funny and really interesting and yeah. what i thought was kind of cool about that show and in, in, in the beginning too is like he's getting into acting but he's like a killer and like doing something and realizing that acting is actually what makes you feel like great Mm-hmm. And like I was like, oh, I've kind of, kind of. That was sort of. Yeah. I used to, I used to be in the army, and then became like a gun for hire, and now I'm like trying to act, and I just even just that on the basic lens, I or basic sense, I sort of gravitated to that in the beginning. But that show was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, real interesting. Real, that director, um, uh, or a lot of the director, he directed a lot of episodes. Hero Mirai has done a lot of Atlanta. Oh, and just like his director, I've never so, seen Atlanta, but I heard it's man, so good. I want to watch that. You should definitely watch Atlanta because it, it's in that uh, that directorial style, but it's so interesting and yeah. weird and unique and like in that it. it uh, I love Donald Glover. So yeah, and it, not not to say that it took anything from Barry, but like just like in, if you liked Barry, just that style of like yeah. Well, it, I mean, Donald Glover is another example of like I'm. I don't have much interest in in making music, but like the writing and performing that he did. Like, that's interesting to me. I want to write and act in my own stuff. Yeah. That sounds like the dream job for me. Um, so I think producing and writing and acting in my own things, like I have a I have a web series idea, I have a pilot idea, I have a feature film idea that I'm working on, um, hoping to make all those in the next two, three years. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So some work to do, but I told myself, like, let's submit. I've only been here three, four months, so I'm like, let's – Submit. Yeah, you're a baby. Yeah, I'm a baby. He's not a. I'm he's a, not an adult. He's I'm a, a baby boy. He's a three I'm a baby boy. <laughs> baby, baby boy. Um, so let's get all those things in and set. And um, I have all the pieces for those. I just have to write them. Yeah. So like, after I'm submitted and hopefully get an agent, I would love to be working on making those while you know doing auditions for an agent, whatever. My here's my five goals before I would move anywhere. Um, cause moving to LA is like on my mind maybe, but I'm not going to go there just cause I feel like I should be there. Yeah. Um, I want to get an agent. I want to get some commercial work. I want to, um, film my web series. I want to film my pilot and I want to film my feature. And once I have those five things done, then I'm like, okay, I have some things and some experience. I can go to LA and feel like I have things to bring there. And with the connections I already have with friends there and whatever, I, could I could find some success maybe? Yeah, in a place where I think it hap it happens, it happens more often, and there's more opportunity there. 
Yeah. If you are at a certain point where you can get in the door. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the next few years. I've I mean, I got a bunch of work to do and need to do it for sure. But um, I'm excited. I think that's a beautiful thing having like having you know having something to strive towards that's like your own goal and like what you want to do and you know hopefully like you know we don't know what the future holds but it's like it seems like this is the at least right now seems like the 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 steps to get you to that thing yeah. and like it's a good feeling i think yeah. just from my own some of my own personal stuff of just like seeing that i'm working towards something and maybe yeah. not even fully knowing what's going to happen like mm-hmm. at the end but like these feel like the steps towards yeah a better me and a more sort of yeah. you know, content me. Something I was talking about with a friend a while ago before I went to grad before I got kicked out of grad school was, um, do you guys know I got kicked out of grad school? I got school? kicked out of grad school, by the way, um, was what, what wheel do you want to be in? Um, because I, I felt like when I was here before grad school, before I got kicked out of grad school, I got kicked out of grad school. I was in this improv comedy sketch comedy wheel in Chicago where there's only really like a door or two out. And those are sweet doors. And like you're swinging doors, too. swinging doors, baby. <laughs> Cause you can come back around <laughs> and come back around and end up where you were. Yes, um, but like everyone wants SNL or main stage or main stage and then SNL main stage at second city. Um, and I would love to do either of those jobs. I would think I would be okay at them and would have so much fun doing it. But I want to act and write in TV and film, and that's more important to me than, like, getting SNL, where I think some people are like, I want to be on SNL, that's the goal. Yeah. And I'm like, mine is so, um, I think for my benefit, is more vague than that. Like, I want to act in TV and film. I don't need to do, I don't need to do that. Yeah. So I think getting out of this wheel where it only had, like, those two or three doors out feels better. Like, I now, I'm hoping to get in a wheel where, like, I could get, I could get cast in a film or write something and have it picked up. Or I, I want to be in that wheel where I can be writing and acting in TV and film. Yeah, which I think that's when that that wheel has thousands of doors. I don't really at this point care what movie, TV, or whatever. I don't care what it is. I just that's the that's the wheel I want to be in. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, I think with what you said earlier about like life is suffering and this book I read uh, sub subtle art of not giving a fuck. Have you ever read that? Uh, no, but I've, I want, I want, it's to. a good, it's a good book. And something they talk about there is like, again, life is suffering. What suffering do you want? Choose your suffering. Yeah. So what suffering do I want? I want to be, I want to be auditioning all the time and getting some and not getting a lot. I want to be writing things and making them in like that stress of, getting it on its feet and filmed and sold maybe or something like that's the stress I want. That's the suffering I want of like trying to make all those things work. Yeah. That sounds like pretty good suffering to like stress about those things. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a suffering like your choo- Yeah. The, the ability to choose it's really cool. And yeah. like, yeah, I, uh, I was, I was frustrated with some the work stuff. Uh, and my buddy was like, good. That means you're like, on the path to something and it, and it felt like it felt like a different kind of frustrated. It yeah. wasn't just, it was like a frustrated because I put myself in a situation, um, uh, 
that there was like growth potential and it was like yeah. by choice. It wasn't like frustrated on some, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it felt like a different kind of frustration, nice. but it, I think the way you said it is like, cause I'm, I'm choosing to, to yeah. enter into this. Yeah. Difficult and this, path. this stress is going to force you to grow and do more. And yeah. 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 Like my, my job at stretch lab, I, um, someone left and they needed a new like manager and I was like, yeah, I can do some admin work. So I took on more responsibility and it's stressful. I'm not good at some of it, but like all of that stress and not being good at something forces me to grow and be better at this. And like, now I get to make my own schedule and make everyone else's schedule basically. So if I ever need time off, it's way easier to get it off because I make the schedule. So I take on more responsibility and grow and become, I think a more, um, competent human. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's stressful. I think exactly your point. It's stressful, but like I grow from it. It's good stress. Yeah. That's sick. Well, we're about at two hours. Um, okay. I wish you luck. Thank you. In all your ventures. Do you have anything you'd like to, yeah. What do you want to shout out about yourself or other? Orgs um, or I don't know if I, there's again, like I just said, there's a bunch of projects that I think are in the works and yeah. things that are being organized. Uh, maybe you can follow me on Instagram, I guess at, at Dr. M Potter. Um, I'll try and put stuff on there and keep people updated, but I think that's, that's, uh, probably the best place to stay updated with fun things I'm doing. Yeah. That's sick, man. I like it. It's cool to fucking like know someone who, um, is going to be in a movie (laughs) in the future. It's like pretty interesting. I would love to help. I would love to help that be real for you. So <laughs> help help my dream come alive by sure. helping your dream come alive. Sure. Everybody wins. Dude, if I make a movie, I'll put you in it. Ayo, dude. I mean, I've been thinking about asking that this whole fucking sure, time. So sure. thank you for bringing it up. Sure, of course. Yes. Thank you so much. You got to shave the beard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, fuck you. That's not the one I wanted. <laughs> I think the cheering was better. <laughs> You got to shave the beard. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.